New York, Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WABC. All right, no Bernie and Sid today. You're here with Curtis and Chris. Curtis Lewa and Christopher Hahn. Happy day after Thanksgiving, Curtis. You've been working, I think, 24 hours straight here. Just about, although I will tell you, though, Chris Hahn, we did make news last night right before I took over the Frank Morano show because at approximately 9-11, not a very good time. Yeah, I should have held in for like... Either push it out at nine ten or hold it in for like, exactly you know till nine twelve. Come on, Rachel. <laughs> but anyway, Frank Morano, uh, who has uh, now been seen on the corners of Victory Boulevard, Forest Avenue, and Highland Boulevard, giving out the Denobola Crooked Italian cigars because he's puffing his chest out. He is a first time father, and his son is named Carmen Carmine Carmine and Carmine William Morano. 13 pounds the kid whoa, was. Whoa. 13 pounds. Whoa. They needed a midwife in addition to the OBGNY at Richmond County Hospital to deliver the 13-pound Carmine, Carmine William yeah. Morano. Now starting at left tackle for the New York Giants, wow. Carmine Morano. That kid's going to be playing on Monsignor Farrell. No, 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 no. This kid is tackle. going. He'll be in the NFL by the age of five. At that weight, if he keeps going at that, that's a big boy. But that was incredible. And naturally, it dominated the news all night long because, as you know, uh, Frank has been on pins and needles ever since uh, ever since it became obvious that Rachel was going to be delivering any moment. Yeah, well, congratulations, Frank. And uh, I guess you gave Curtis an extra six hours of work. I, what, do you get paid by the hour here? Like, what is, what is going on with you? No, trust me, I get paid more than I should get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I got no complaints. I mean, it's like, we filled in yesterday, yeah. and I was complaining about getting up. Uh, you know, I'm here in the city today, in case anybody's worried. I was at home on Long Island getting ready to do uh, my Thanksgiving feast. But I'm here in the city today. I got up at 3.30 a.m., no traffic, by the way, on the way in here. Made it in here in about an hour. Uh, but you were here in the morning with me yesterday. Yes. From 6 to 10. Yes. Then didn't you fill in for somebody in midday? Yeah, yeah. Greg Kelly. Greg- I was on from one fifteen to 3 before my kumbadichi, Rudy Giuliani, who was not in either. He yeah. was substituted for by uh, Dominic Carter. There you go. And, and then you got you came in again at 1 a.m. Yep. And now we're going to go to 10 a.m. Yes. And, and and how exactly are you still doing this? Well, because I mean, the acronym uh, WABC used to stand for Always Broadcasting Curtis. Yeah, I see. So in holiday situations, people will say, hey, i got to take the day off. Will you sub for me? Of course I will. i, I got no problem and, and with did that. You, at any point during the day yesterday, did you spend any time with the 27 kids you have, the 30 cats, <laughs> the 25-year-old wife? Like, what did you – like, how did you not spend time with family? Nobody was like, ah, forget not it. With my, not with my three sons. That will be this weekend. Uh, but I certainly spent time with my lovely wife, Nancy who I still can't figure out what age is. We did learn what Frank Morano's age was from a caller last night Ah. about two hours ago. Apparently, this guy swears on a stack of Bibles that Frank Morano is 35. Frank is younger than he looks. And I am older than I look. It's just, it's a kind of a weird thing. I know, thing but with Frank Morano, the happy father. <laughs> yep. If you go to his Facebook page, you will see a photo from Tottenville High School. And he claims that that's, that's a, him. a modern day photo. A modern day for of, of Tottenville High School, the Purple Pirates. Out all there. right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, so tell me, tell me. Um, you know, we'll go into my Thanksgiving in a minute, but your Thanksgiving. Well, I'll tell you uh, what it was. 
because we had had the discussion early on in the morning while you were preparing your Tom Turkey. Yes. I said to Nancy, it's getting quite embarrassing now that a guy like Christopher Hahn or Real Weisenheimer and others <laughs> are saying, what's wrong with you? You've been married how many years? Six years to Nancy and you don't even know her age? Right. I you, say, you better hope she's at least 25. Right, exactly. Right? I mean, otherwise, they're going to get some, uh, they're going to be fitting you with some bracelets, and this time you're going to stay in. No, but I don't, <laughs> so. I don't live down south. No. You know, there's certain rules no. and decorum well, here. Well, you're from south, north. you're from south Brooklyn. That's right? true, but yeah. north of the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, but south of 20, south of Kings Highway. So. <laughs> Great balls of fire, Jerry Lee Lewis, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not at all. Right. <laughs> so the point being is she still will not divulge to me. Uh, her age. And I asked her mother, will not divulge her age to me, Nancy's age. So she's basically got her family members in lockdown. Yeah. That they are not permitted to tell me her age, hmm. which is like very frustrating. So did you have turkey at all yesterday other than whatever yes. they left out here at the, the oh, green first room of all, at WABC? I got to tell you. Because uh, there's a lot of leftovers hanging around in there. I have worked in talk radio, as you know, for 30 years. You've worked in talk radio and talk TV uh, for not quite as many years. I've been uh, doing TV since 2010. I actually did a little TV in the, in the early 90s, too. I have never seen a spread like John and Margot Kaczmatidis left for everybody who works here at WABC. Uh, oh, 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 just forget about yesterday. The green room here is better stocked yes. than any green room I've ever been in. But yes. other, than, other than the failed TV network, Current. I used to go to Current. They'd, <laughs> oh, have, yeah. they'd have a great spread out, wow. but nobody was watching. You were at Current, You know what right? nobody ever said to me? Hey, I saw you on Current. Yeah. Nobody ever said that to me. <laughs> Not once. And I did a whole year there with big stars, Joy Behar, other people like that. Joyless Behar. They never yep. said, hey, I saw you with Joy wow. on Current. Never. Nobody ever. Not, not once. one time. Not one time. Well, at least you got FaceTime, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it benefited your ego at that point. It, it definitely, well, you know, it was, a, it was a year that I wasn't doing Fox and I did Current for a year. And yeah. Yeah. Nobody, what, nobody saw What me. was Current? Current was trying to be a progressive liberal version of Fox. So why is it that in this case, Current didn't work out? Right. Although obviously MSNBC has because they've gone total left. Because I remember I worked there for about a year with Ron Kuby at the time uh, in the afternoon. We did a, like a two-hour show there. They didn't really know which direction they want to win. Well, Roger Ailes was the executive producer of MSNBC for the first five years of it. Yeah, but no, no. This uh, this was after right, Roger Ailes. Right. Once he had started uh, Fox, the Fox okay. News Channel there. And they really didn't know what they wanted to be. They wanted to be a little bit of everything. And then they just decided, hell, let's just go straight left. And they filled that void. But you had the um, uh, left-wing radio outlet. Air America. Right. It was owned uh, eventually by Stephen Green, who was yep. the big uh, real estate guy yeah, and brother yeah, of Mark yeah, Green, yeah, failed yeah. Uh, mayoral candidate. That didn't seem to be able to work. So why do you think Current didn't work, and why do you think Air America didn't work? I, I think that, well, Air America was on horrible stations, right? They didn't have good signals. Here we have a great signal. You can hear us in Ohio right now. More than likely, because it's nighttime still. You're correct. Right. Maybe even maybe even further well, west. Well, in just a few um, hours before, you could hear me in 38 states, parts of Canada, and in the Bermuda Triangle. There you go. Well, that's where most of your ideas go. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. Never to be heard from again. Uh, but it is, it is a... Uh, I think Current just couldn't get penetration into TVs. Uh, then they got bought by Al Jazeera. Uh, they, Al Jazeera did not hire me. Uh, to stay on. They said I was too funny. 
They wanted somebody more serious doing the news. Wow. Yeah. You know, I liked Al Jazeera for a while. They were the only real network that could give you the news of what was happening in the Persian Gulf. Right. And in the Middle East. Uh, they had their own bias, like all networks yep, have their yep. bias. But I got to tell you, the stories that they gave you were great. You just didn't see them on any American networks. You didn't even see them on the BBC or the CBC. So I, I don't know why Current didn't work. I think they had good they had good programming. Uh, I thought Joey's program was fun. Uh, they had Keith Oberman, who's a riot. Um, you know, hard to deal with, but a riot. On he's very good on TV. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Well, you see, you're at WABC. Your place to be, Chris Hunt. Look, I have a face for radio. This is where I belong. Four minutes of TV is all anybody can handle me. I don't want people breaking their sets. But before we get anywhere else, I want to find out from you, though. Yes. How did last uh, yesterday's extravaganza in which you were cooking for 20 or more guests? Yeah, I had 21 people at my house, including my three-year-old niece. How did that work out? not counting in the the How did that work out? It worked out great. First of all, my turkey came out. Perfect. It was the best I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. And what do you account that for? Me talking to you while you were doing the preparation? No, I think uh, I think I account for the fact that I've been doing it now for a while and I've kind of gotten it down. I've gotten it down. I'm like I'm a master at cutting it now. I'm a ma- I, you know it's it, turkeys are easy, right? You just got to pay attention to it, especially in the last hour. You can't let it overcook. You got to take it out of the oven before it hits that temperature that you actually want. You get it out a little bit before there. You put it out there. You let it cool. While it's cooling, it's still heating for about 15, 20 minutes. So you got to time it right. So I timed it right. I cut it up right. It tasted great. The butcher prepared it perfectly with the brine. I, I got to tell you. Was I, it a dark- I'm going to be eating it, by the way. For at least four more days. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you do with the leftovers? What are the rules and regulations in the Han house for dealing with the making of turkey sandwiches or any other? Well, here's the thing. I live with three three women, none of whom eat turkey. I'm the only one who eats it. You're kidding. I'm the only one who eats turkey. My, My wife might eat a little bit of it, but not really. I eat it. I love it. I eat turkey all the time. It's like one of my favorite things. I'll buy a turkey. Protein. Protein. And cook it. I love turkey. It's like one of my favorite foods. I Turkey and steak are my two favorite things. So, uh, yeah, I will be eating turkey a lot, and nobody else will be. But there's a lot of leftovers in my house. I always overcook. So will you have casserole dishes made of your stovetop stuffing dishes? Uh, yes, I will. I will have casseroles. I will have noodles with gravy. I have a lot of gravy left over, too. I've got probably about – I probably have enough gravy to uh, – to basically float a boat right now in my house. So it's, it's, a, it's a gravy train yeah. going through my house right now. Did you use flour in any of your productions yesterday? I do not use flour in my gravy. My wife made mac and cheese, and, and she did use flour. Apparently, flour this season has caused quite a few food poisoning situations. And mm. I've noted that every time there's large gatherings, right. it's unrelated to COVID-19, but large gatherings, there's always somebody in the crowd who ends up claiming that they were a victim of food poisoning. Yeah, nobody's getting food poisoning at my house. They were rolling out of the house. Okay, and that tryptophan kicked in. I was telling you, you know, I got up early yesterday, 5.30, to be on the air with you. Got up at 3.30 today, by the way. Uh, five, I, I don't know how people do this every day for the, their whole life. Oh, it takes 10 years off your life. Yeah, it's, cr- it's crazy. Because right, cr- when I did morning radio for many years with multiple partners, I've always had multiple partners yeah, 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 in yeah. everything I yeah, do. I know, life. You actually Radio. feel it. You feel it in the marrow of your bone. You feel it in your joints. There is no doubt that with all the problems that I've had in my life in terms of life-threatening situations, right. 
that my stint doing morning talk radio with my various partners has probably taken 10 years off of my life cycle. Well, part of the problem for you is you do the morning show and then you'll do the late night show, too. Yes. I think what most people do, like a guy like Howard <laughs> says, he goes to bed at 7 o'clock. You're, you're like getting ready to go back on the air Well, at yesterday, though, whereas so- you weren't on the radio. You were in front of the boob tube watching a Smash Mouth American football. I, I watched two of the three games. I did not make it to the third game, and I actually could not. I didn't make it through the overtime of the second game. Oh, I was like, God. why is this going into overtime? Oh, Raiders versus Cowboys in overtime? I watched, I watched the Cowboys three and out first possession in overtime, and I was like, I'm done. I was passing out on the couch, and I went up, went to bed, slept right till 3.30, alarm went off, boom, got up, showered, boom, here I am. New York, New York, baby. Now, I know that Bernie's probably sleeping one off right now, and Sid's probably doing push-ups somewhere. Uh, but you and I are here doing their show for them, so yeah, but no, pretty I, happy. I'm telling you, uh, anyone who's ever done morning radio on a regular basis, and some of the best uh, broadcasters of all time have done that, will tell you that it is probably knocked off about a good decade. Yeah, uh, from their life cycle, without a doubt. I I couldn't do this forever. This is this is hard. This is hard work. Hard. It's hard. <laughs> I didn't know three thirty a.m. existed. I, I had, last time I was in New York City this early, uh, walking on the streets. I did the New York City triathlon. I do it every year, uh, but I haven't done it in the last two years because of COVID. And I would get up at four a.m. to go do the try. You got to be there. Now, what do you say? A triathlete. Uh, triathlon, yeah, I do. I do it. Uh, I do a charity triathlon with Fox, with my friend Liz Clayman, who's an anchor over Fox Business. We do it for Building Homes for Heroes. We've raised, you know, probably a million dollars. So now you're years. swimming, you're biking, and you're running. And you're running, yeah. Which is the hardest part of the three? Swim. I, I'm not a swimmer, but the New York City Triathlon is actually an easy swim because you're swimming in the river with the current. So it's. It's the best swim there is in triathlon. So you didn't grow up uh, a swim boy like in Long Island? No, I did. I I swam a lot growing up. I just didn't swim a mile at a time, right? I would go swimming and just splash around. Now, what do you do as a triathlete? You've got three separate sports, and you cramp up along the way. It could be on the bicycle. It could be running, you know, your final leg, or it could be in the swimming. uh, I, I don't cramp up a long way. I just don't. I train properly and oh, I, oh, oh, I hydrate. Me. I hydrate. Oh, you oh, hydrate. I, I don't do a radio show for 24 hours before I do it. Oh, so you hydrate. <laughs> yeah, all I hydrate. I eat. Well, you know, you got to you got to force yourself to take in fluids. And what was and the motivation to do that? Because most people would. Ne- I mean, first of all, they would never even want to run a marathon. Well, never mo- mind a triathlete. <laughs> uh, you know, I I had done a mar- I had done half marathons. I, I've done a marathon as well, uh, and I'm a runner. And I just thought it would be something to do. And I enjoyed it. The first time I did it, um, my aunt had died of leukemia. And I did it for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. They have a thing called Team in Training. Hmm. And I did it with them and loved it. I went down to uh, to, uh, uh, to Florida. I can't remember where it was. St. Petersburg, Florida. And I did the St. Anthony's Triathlon down there. And I never swam in open water before. I only swam, swam in a pool during my training. And on one of the stretches, I was like swimming out to sea. And one of the guards came over and go, hey, man. You look a lot like a seal, and you're swimming out to sea. Get back in the lane. It was it was kind of uh, kind of fun, but you know, loved it. And all in order to raise awareness about leukemia and obviously money, uh, yeah. to find a cure. I remember as a kid, uh, my older cousin Gary, by one year, 
uh, suddenly got sick. I was playing with him every day, and then he got sick one day, and then within, like, weeks, he died. Yeah, it's horrible. Nobody talked about it then. Nobody mentioned no. cancer, the big C, or leukemia. My aunt had a long, slow death, but I don't want to talk all about that no, today. No, 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 no. And we're going to go to a quick break. Oh, we are. Yeah, we got to go to a break. I gotta, they're yelling at me. Break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Curtis Sliwa and Chris Hahn in for... Bernie and Sid today, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC, if you want to be part of the national conversation. We were talking about sports and athletics and, you know, cramping. I, I think it's all about preparation and sticking to your plan, right? Well, in your case, uh, making sure you lather up with Preparation H, because I can see the problems you have along the way. But let me ask you this. Yes, go ahead. Chris, we have a number of shortages this holiday season. Yeah, I... We have worker shortages. Yeah. Product shortages. Santa shortages. We don't have enough Santas. Oh, no. What are we going to do? Christmas tree shortages. Ah. But this may be the most serious shortage of all. Go ahead. Could cause insurrection. Supply chain crisis has now brought us liquor shortages. Oh, no. You poor drunks. I'm sure, you know, just go to your secret stash. You're fine. Okay? There is no liquor shortage. There is a might be a shortage of the thing you particularly like, but there is no actual shortage going on. But can you imagine, out of all of those categories I mentioned, five of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which would cause the most unrest? Now, history tells us it's definitely when there's liquor shortages. <laughs> There's been rebellions over paying taxes whiskey, on liquor. The Whiskey Rebellion right. is one of the first challenges to, to George, George Washington, Washington did, right? in the history of this country. Some of those people are relatives of those that did it in Western Pennsylvania years ago. The descendants of the Whiskey Rebellion zealots <laughs> are now saying, see, we were right. But you see now, from a you Democratic... Think, wait, wait, do you think somewhere in Western Pennsylvania there's a guy who whose who's great-great-great-grandfather was part of the Whiskey Rebellion. Damn right. And he's flying the flag of the Whiskey Rebellion. Yep. From 210 years ago. You you think that there's some guy there, you know, this is my family's heritage. I'm going to fly my Whiskey Rebellion flag. Me- How dare you? Meantime, they got a family you still. Yankees. A Even family still in the, back, uh, in the backyard. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. They can make it themselves. You really, if, if push comes to shove, you can make it yourself. I, I don't know, man. I've been to a lot of, uh, a lot of parties. Right, I haven't seen any... But as, as we enter this huge shopping season, yes, from so many retailers, it's uh, do or die. Do or die. Why do you think, though, that we are plagued by all these shortages right now, from your perspective? Well, it's very simple. There was a lack of demand in 2020, and producers slowed their production in 2020 to save money so they didn't go out of business. Now, it's 2021, people are... Out and about, they've got a lot of money saved up because they didn't spend any money last year. They're spending more. And the demand is shot up dramatically. And the suppliers are doing the best they can to meet that demand. And it's a little out of flux right now. But I would imagine that very soon that'll level out and we won't have this situation. Well, let me find out from our listeners out there if they agree with Chris Hahn. That that's what's led to the worker shortage, the product shortage, no, no, no. the Santa Claus shortage, the Christmas tree shortage, and the liquor shortage. There is no worker shortage in America. 
There are workers. It is also supply and demand. If you're willing to pay people enough, you know, they'll work from 1 a.m. till 10 a.m. But why do <laughs> I mean, look what's going on here. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's people will do what they're paid to do, what they, what they are actually compensated fairly to do. We have four and a half percent unemployment in America. That is full employment. That's the best it's been since 1960. So we're not at a place where we have a worker shortage. We have a supply and demand issue because people are not willing necessarily to catch up and pay. So what what you're saying is let those illegals come across the border because we're going to need their bodies. Well, well, maybe not call them illegals. Maybe we figure out a way to have a worker visa for these people. Maybe we we solve our immigration problem in this country, which, you know, the 2013 uh, uh, Homeland Security and Immigration Bill, which passed the Senate bipartisan, never got taken up by John Boehner in the House, would have done. We would have had a process for people waiting at the border who want to come here and work. And there are a lot of people who want to come here and work. And we don't, we, we just don't want to solve, we don't want to solve the problem. We want to politicize the problem. One side wants to say you're racist. The other side wants to say they're here to kill us. They're not here. They're not here to kill us. I mean, is there somebody in there that are here to kill us? Yeah. Are there people who live here who want to kill us? Yes. But there are more people there that want to come here and work. And we need that labor here in this country. Can we test them? Can we make sure they're not carrying coronavirus? Because we don't seem to be at all interested in that. Can we do that, Chris? I don't see why not. Why don't we do that? I don't know. It's a lot of people. Why why do we just open up the floodgates? We let them come in from Afghanistan or, in this case, south of the border with Mexico. And we don't even test them for coronavirus. I think they need to be tested for coronavirus. Yeah, I'm I'm not against that. Wow. So, this is so noble of you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into this stupid debate. I'm just going to give you the point because it's a stupid debate. Well, now speaking, this is this is a right wing. Well, you want everybody to be tested for coronavirus? No. You want the cops to be tested? Why are you testing? Yeah, no, okay. No. Let's I'm test them. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not saying you're that right, guy. Right. But I'm just saying I've been on a lot of right wing media. Yes. Right. And this comes up, and I go, okay, yeah, test them. And they're like, uh, uh, what? Uh, uh, uh. That's why I'm the aggressive progressive. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, I want to win. A caller wanted to know from you yesterday that uh, they couldn't get uh, or elicit a response from you because you were too busy with your turkey and gibbets and gravy. I had to gravy. get my turkey ready. Sorry. But they wanted to know what your opinion was, Chris, on allowing 16-year-olds to vote because there is a movement, especially amongst progressives in our country, to knock down the voting age barrier from 18 down to 16. No, I'm not for that. And why? Well, I have two kids. <laughs> I'm not, and my daughter has a lot of opinions. My 14-year-old has a lot of opinions, as you might imagine. She's about to turn 15. I, you know, A lot of opinions. But no, I'm not for 16-year-olds voting. No, not at all. Question number two that was asked for yeah. you. Where in the world do 16-year-olds vote? Nowhere. I can't think of a place. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how many of them you think would actually show up if they were 16 and they only Well, vote? there aren't many uh, adults showing up to right. vote you, in non-presidential You 16-year-olds are showing up? No. Right. No. All right, number two, question number two that was posed to you. Here in New York City on December 9th, there is a bill that has been passed in city council that would allow green card holders and those with working visas to vote. They estimate it's anywhere from about 660000 to 700000 They'll only be able to vote in local elections, so they could have voted if this law had been in effect in this last wave, mayoral election, public advocate controller, city council elections. Do you think that those with green cards or working visas should be able to vote in municipal elections? I, you know, I, I have a hard time with that, too. Now, there is an argument for it. They're here. They're paying taxes in the city of New York. They should have some say in what goes on in the city of New York. But I think voting needs to be either you can or you can't. 
right? So either you can vote or you can't vote. So if you can't vote in federal elections, you can't vote in state elections, vote in local elections, that's it's a little tricky. It's tricky. It's, I am open to it, but I, I, I would have to be convinced, and right now I'm not convinced. My God, we may be rebranding I'm you as a convinced. logical liberal. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it, I, I get the need for people who are paying taxes to have a say in what goes on with the taxes. And if you're here legally and you're working on a green card or work visa, you are paying taxes here in the city of New York. And, you know, you're dealing with all the ridiculous parking rules in the city of New York. But I always ask myself, why would you want to remain a green card holder when citizenship is just a test away? The only difference between a green card holder, because you get all the benefits of citizenry other than the privilege to vote. Why wouldn't you just take the test uh, at the federal level administered by a federal judge that would, again, make you a full American citizen? I don't know. Uh, That is a tough question. Maybe they don't want to give up the citizenship of their country. Maybe they feel they're going to come back. Well, you can Maybe they are not citizenship. You know, as I mean, you know, voting is about domicile, right? Where are you domiciled? Where do you feel you live? Where do you feel you're a citizen of? Uh, maybe they don't feel like they're domiciled here. They're just visiting. Oh, they just here to take they're advantage. They're here to do us. their job and, and leave. <laughs> uh, like get we, all the benefits. Well, I mean, I think we do that too in some parts of the world, <laughs> right? I, I think we do that in some par- parts of the world. It, it, it's it's just a uh, it's just crazy uh, to me. Uh, what we got to do. Uh, and, you know, I, look, I want to see more people participating in the process. Uh, I want to see people engaged in their society, people who live here caring about uh, this place. So, you know, there is some argument for allowing them to have some sort of vote in it, too. But I'm not convinced. My God, you're sounding like a logical liberal. Well, I'm a logical person. I think most liberals are. Well, let's not prejudge all of that. This is just one morning in which you're a little stung god you know, on it, that uh, tryptophan it's from also, the turkey. It's also really freaking early, man, <laughs> for me. I don't, this is not a time I usually exist. All right. Traffic coming up next, but it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Greg Kelly today and every day, every weekday afternoon from 1.15 to 3 p.m. Here, Greg says that saying the wrong thing about race will destroy your reputation no matter when it was said. You say the wrong thing about race these days, wa-woom, there they are, and you're gone. And it doesn't matter. You can be a truck driver or a United States senator. That is the game when they take out the owner of the Oakland Raiders or whatever the hell game that was. What was that? The Las Vegas Raiders. And what did he say? He said the F word. He said it in a private email to his friends 15 years ago. Hey, you know who used that horrible word? A CNN correspondent who was on TV yesterday lecturing me about race. All right. No Bernie, no Sid. You're here with Curtis and Chris taking you till 10 a.m. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's take a call. Let's go to Joe calling from New York City. Joe, how you doing? Hi. Hi, uh, Chris. Yes. And, uh, Sid, uh, and uh, Curtis, listen, regarding uh, why they can't apply uh, or they're not applying for citizenship residents as residents, uh, I'm sorry, resident aliens or green card holders. Now, the reason is that after you get your green card legally, right, after it's issued, you have to wait five years, right, and then apply for citizenship. That's number one. Unless you get married. If you get married, you wait three more years instead yep. of the five. And, of course, if you come here as a refugee, right, They'll give you some preferences whereby they count 
uh, the, from the very day that you stepped on U.S. soil, etc. Uh, but there are some problems whereby if you left the country, you know, uh, and you are, let's say, uh, you have a green card, right? And you leave the country for more than six months, right? Sometimes uh, the lawyers are a- able to... Um, Joe, uh, go, Joe. Uh, Okay. Joe. Another reason. What, what is this? Uh, uh, Joe, guy from I, I, the Migra I, I, Immigration trying, and Naturalization to, Service. I, I, I feel like I'm back at St. John's. <laughs> Joe, Joe, get to your point, man. We love you. <laughs> okay. Listen, another thing, reason they have, they don't want to become citizen because they have all the opportunities available to a, to a citizen except uh, governmental jobs, etc., and they don't have to go on jury duty. Oh, well, that's the big that's one. It? Oh, that's Jury the big Thanks one. Jury Jury. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be something else, right? People will do so much to avoid jury duty. Yeah. Yeah. So deciding, gee, do I want to become a citizen or remain a green card holder? No, yeah. because with being a citizen, then, you know, I'm registered in the court system where I reside, and I'm going to be getting these letters at the federal level, state level, city level that I come and have to serve on juries. Uh, have you ever served on a jury? Yeah, one time, and they saw me and they said, go home, sleep." Yeah, yeah, you came in with the full satin jacket. Of course, jacket, of course, the red beret. Red beret. And, and almost never since, right. almost never since have I, I been requested. I, I have gotten the letter and I've called in every day. I've never actually had to go in. So Wow, Chris. All that's right. maybe because you're so opinionated. Well, it's not even that. My number has never been called. Like, you know, out, in, out on Long Island, when you get a jury duty notice, they give you a number. You know, your number 1,400. And you got to call in every day for five days, and you know, on, at the end of the fifth day, you have served your d- jury. Well, term they probably and you're done. they probably determined that they had released uh, enough prisoners in uh, Suffolk County at that point. They didn't need a liberal juror who was going to uh, totally discard. I, I, I am a bleeding heart. I never want to send anybody to jail. Although I was very happy that those three rednecks down in Georgia <laughs> went to jail earlier this week. I was, you know, oh help me! There's an African American man running through my neighborhood. Please help me. Although I got to tell you, on the charge of malicious homicide, that was the son uh, who actually took the shotgun and took that uh, young man's life. Yeah, I never heard of that term up here. Malicious it's homicide. Just, it's 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 murder one. It's the same thing. It's it's the same thing, just a different name. They're they're all basically the same. You know, and we have different names for it. They have different names for it. So you see, there will be no riots. There'll be no insurrection. There'll be no disturbances. It seemed everyone was on board. These three guys are guilty, although the one guy who actually took the video, he jumped on board later on, uh, sort of jumped in the chase uh, involving the father and the son initially against the African-American man. He actually took the video. Yeah, he thought that video was going to set them free. Right, but that video is what secured the decision, the that, only without reason. a doubt. The only reason. Right, and he got no slack. Uh, he's still facing like triple life without Good. parole. I, I think he jumped in, and I think you know he was involved. And I think he should go to jail. In the meantime, as we flip the script and we go back to uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yeah. Is that guy a hot mess or what? He's a hot mess. And, and I hear that uh, they took down his GoFundMe page trying to get $5 yeah, Brooks. million. Dollars. Brooks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had a GoFundMe page to, to raise his bail. We're gonna get, <laughs> let's get bail for this guy who you know, beat up his wife. Ran her over and then ran over a bunch of other people. But now this is causing problems for progressives because now that they have followed all the connections of how did he get out 
on bail. How was his mother able to afford his bail after such serious charges? Yeah. They noticed that it was a DA who was a progressive who allowed that uh, miserable, menial bail situation to go through on this predicate offender. It's like it's not been a good time for progressives in the uh, justice system across America of late. People have to understand one size does not fit all, right? If somebody has a violent past, the bail needs to be set according with that violent past, and maybe they don't even get bail. If somebody stole, you know, a Three Musketeers bar from the deli and he's sitting in jail for 15 months because he can't afford the bail, that I have a problem with. But this guy should have been in jail. Oh, it's an issue all across the country. So from your perspective, what is the purpose of bail? Let's say you have a uh, suspect who's been arrested. Right. Why would a judge consider a bail option? Because he's not a flight risk. And he's, not a, risk to the, he's not a risk to the community. And he's not a flight risk. All right. But in this state, there seems to be an insistence that bail was only set up to guarantee that that suspect, the accused, would show up back in court. Right. And not necessarily be a risk to themselves or anyone else. I think that you are innocent until proven guilty. But if you did something that was violent or if you are... If people are concerned that you might do something for, that, that is violent, the judge should have discretion in bail. I think it's the problem with bail reform here in New York. Uh, in New Jersey, they have a similar bail reform where cash bail is not really an issue unless the judge decides that there's some discretion here that needs to be taken. So why do you think New Jersey, which was ahead of the curve two years before our no bail situation in New York, uh, passed it through a predominantly Democratic state legislature, assembly, state senate, signed by a Democratic governor. Actually, no, it was signed by a Republican governor. What, what are you Chris saying? Christie. Shamu! I think Chris Christie signed it. I Christie. could be mistaken, but right. I think this predates All right, no, uh, no, no I, I, I'll, give you, uh, right. I'll give you slack on that. Could be uh, wrong. It may well have been uh, Shamu El Hefe Chris Christie. And yeah, one of the few things he did right, I think there was a negotiation uh, between the legislature and the governor. And rather than them override him, which they could have done, uh, they worked out a deal. Yeah, but you see, it. there was never the argument that judges shouldn't have the discretion of making the final decision as to whether, A, they're a flight risk, A, they're a danger to themselves or a danger to everyone else. Now, New York could have learned from their experience since Jersey had a two-year jump. They could have looked at it and said, gee, are they having problems? Is it uh, problematic? But, oh, no, Andrew Evilized Cuomo at that time in the state legislature decided we're not going to follow New Jersey. We're better than he, New Jersey. He, he, we'll create he, our own. It was own. a political decision. He thought he was going to get primary from the left if he didn't do it. And, frankly, it was a bad decision. And there should have been a negotiation, and they should have came up with something similar to what New Jersey did. And why they didn't do that here in New York, I, don't, I will never know, but I have a feeling they're going to fix that. In this upcoming legislature. You really think so? Could yeah, it be, I do. Could it be that a certain individual uh, named Todd Kaminsky, who was the author of that bill, got whooped in running I, for the I, DA I, in Nashville County? I, I don't know if it's going to be him or anybody else, but it's going to get fixed. And if it doesn't get fixed, it's going to be problematic in the upcoming election. I think that this was a major issue, uh, not just in Nassau County, but in Suffolk County and other places uh, around the state. And I think that the voters have been heard. And I think they will be. So uh, we're we talking a partial bris, a full bris on this legislation or just going back and saying, look, this is working in New Jersey. I'm Let's an, just I'm an carbon copy there. I'm an attorney. Yes. Right. I have grown up in the legal system respecting judges. 
Why do we have judges if we're going to put handcuffs on the judges and not allow them to make decisions based on the facts that are right in front of them and the law that's right in front of them? I'm sorry. That's why you have a judge. If you don't like the way the judges are doing something, we elect judges in this state. You vote them out, and I think we shouldn't elect judges. Well, you appoint judges, you elect judges. I hate that we elect judges. But let me ask you, when is the last time you heard of a hang-em-high judge in New York State? They're almost always either moderate Democrats or they're ultra-progressive or ultra-liberal. Yeah, but I think they need to have discretion. No, no, I understand that. But the fear would be, oh, we got hang them judges here, you know, uh, no turn them loose under any circumstance. That's not true almost anywhere in New York State. Let's be clear, though. There were people sitting in our prisons who we were paying for to be in those prisons who committed minor crimes and couldn't afford bail. And that needs to not happen. Right. We can't have nonviolent minor offenders. Somebody picked up on a marijuana charge. Somebody picked up because they stole a peppermint patty who sit in Rikers Island for 15 months at what? Six hundred dollars a day sitting there. They couldn't afford a fifteen hundred dollars in bail. Come on. All right. We've got to figure this out. What about a predicate felon who keeps going into Macy's and shoplifting clothes and other articles of purchase? Keeps getting processed in Midtown South, the largest precinct in the city, six, seven, eight, nine times. And all they get is a disappearance ticket, a desk appearance ticket with a court date. And they keep doing well, it again and again and again. he's been prosecuted six, seven times, he's not disappearing. Well, of course. Why would he have to disappear? Anybody who misses a court date needs to be put in jail no, no, until their next court date. But the point being is they have no reason to miss the court date because nothing's going to happen to them. Well, there are no consequences for their actions. Well, there needs to be consequences for actions. My like God, that. you're turning into a logical liberal. Well, I mean, here. look, I look, I'm a suburban liberal, so it is what it is. <laughs> well, what is the difference between the urban we, we, liberal we, I, and the I, I suburban we, liberal? I, I don't think we want people robbing stores over and over and over again uh, and not having any punishment for it. I would like to see these people rehabilitated. I'd like to understand why this person robs stores. Is it a mental illness? Is it a, a need? And well, then maybe well, we can address the actual problems. When you look country. at Walnut out in California, 90 people running into a store with masks on, I don't think they're all mentally disabled. Well, they were worried time. about COVID, so they kept the masks yeah, on. Yeah, I'll they bet. Were just like, they wanted the social distance, and they you know, they didn't feel like using no, the it's door. Free so they stuff. just kind of smashed through the window. Free Gucci. <laughs> it's, it's, free. It's, free. It's, it's free. No and consequences. Free indeed, baby. Free indeed. one 800 wabc If you want to talk to Curtis and Chris, we're here with you till 10 o'clock. Curtis, you do any more radio today? Uh, yes, actually a podcast with my son later on today here at WABC, our first in what I hope will be many to come every Friday with my oldest son, Anthony. Is it sponsored by Red Bull? Like, no. <laughs> Maybe they, you might want to get them on board. No, I asked him, what do you want to talk about? He goes, the failure of the educational system. I say, you're 17 years old. That's your first topic you want to talk he about? He wants to talk about the failure of the education system. Yeah, well, he's been going through well, it. Well, you called it the educational system. The educational the edu- system. That's a failure right there. <laughs> there. But it is. Uh, what, what He wants to talk about the failure. Is he going to school here in the City, yes, he, he does. He goes to public high school. There you go. All right. And is he getting ready for college at 17? Yeah. Well, he's preparing. Where's he looking? Uh, SUNY Albany? No. Conne- no. The Connecticut School of Broadcasting. He wants to be a broadcaster. I don't think you need to go to school for that. Did you go to the Connecticut School of no, Broadcasting? No, I didn't go. No, but quite did a few I. people did. Well, here we are. No, no. You'd be surprised <laughs> at if you go from radio station to radio station, TV station to TV station, how many alumni there are who actually went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. All right. You see, I, you live and learn every day, Chris. You live and learn. You live and learn. Well, he wants to go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Well, hey, everybody has to Well, have, you got something against that, Chris. I have nothing against the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. <laughs> it's not in Connecticut. No, where is it? 
It's wherever it is. It's online. It's just the name. It's just in the air. No, no. They have <laughs> they have studio facilities, but it, it's not in Connecticut. Are you renting out part of your 300-square-foot uh, apartment to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting? <laughs> Do they have a little corner of the Sleewood Estate I would here if on I the could. Upper West Side? I would, right? To subsidize the rent? Of course. Of course. Why not? I'm Sublease. Th- I'm thinking you have a 300-square-foot apartment. But then there's like a little door no, that you, goes into a closet that's like took, another you apartment. You 28 square feet away. It's 328 square feet. <laughs> Studio apartment on the Upper West Side. Ground floor. Unbelievable. All right. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, in for Bernie and Sid. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC if you want to be part of the national conversation. Let me talk to Bob and Yonkers. Bob, hey! <laughs> I'm laughing, Joe, because this is for you. You you were on a different station. I don't know if I should mention the station. Who me? Uh, and, oh, yeah, yeah, you were a, you were you were doing your 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 routine. You know, with the traffic and whatnot. And and I I got I kind of got the sense that you're in the helicopter and you're doing the traffic and you're going up and down the uh, you know the Manhattan or whatever, and you're telling the guy it's raining and the guy on the ground that's in the that's in the studio is saying. It ain't raining. And you say, oh, yes, it is. And the guy is saying, he, I guess he's looking at the machines or the computers or whatnot. He said, it's not raining. And you just say, it is definitely raining. And the guy saying, well, I'm telling you, it's not raining. And then you, your response was, well, apparently, it's not raining. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. I, it, 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 was it wasn't me. <laughs> I, don't, no. I, I don't do that kind of news, man. I'm gonna, oh, man I have I, never, I ever you. been a guy who did straight news Ever in my life. I've always been an opinion Bob, guy. Bob, are you sure <laughs> you weren't hitting the bottle all night? Bob, there's clearly no <laughs> you know clearly no liquor shortage in Yonkers. Let's just leave it at that. I mean, all these stories about how people can't get their hoops. No Dine Hill. <laughs> no. You must have been ginning up in No Dine Hill last no, night. No shortage of old Milwaukee up in Yonkers. Bob, thanks for your call, well, baby. Let me ask you a quick, quick question oh, Before here. I let him go? To ta- no, let, uh, let Bobby okay, go. go ahead. He's got to <laughs> sober up. Uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, as we uh, give you the litmus test early this morning. Yes. As to what you're a logical liberal. Thanksgiving Day, should it be considered a day of mourning? No. <laughs> wow, you're doing very well in this hour. Okay, look. I love how the right-wing media in this country wants to take what a few college kids say and say, now all liberals think we should cancel Thanksgiving. No. First of all, I've been hosting Thanksgiving for 20 years. I am the aggressive progressive. That is my nickname. Not given to me by myself. Given to me by producers at Fox News. I love Thanksgiving. It is my second favorite holiday. What's your first? Fourth of July. What? <laughs> okay. You are a logical yeah. liberal. This, right, is, like this is really and very my, telling. And my third favorite holiday is New Year's Eve. Okay? I, I, I Actually, Super Bowl. But, How about this? But it's not really a holiday. For the day of mourning so that you yeah, don't yeah, lose yeah. all credibility with the woke nation. You have a little bunting there, you know, black and purple bunting, you know, that you decorate yeah. the household with. No. In your day of mourning. It's orange, brown, and yellow for Thanksgiving. You know, you know. But this. that's not a mourning I, bunting. No, there's no mourning going on on Thanksgiving. I get it. Indigenous people had their land robbed, and there's a problem in this country with the way they've been treated, and we should address that. But that doesn't mean that our, you know, 300-year tradition in this country, which predates the country itself, of gathering with friends and family 
to commemorate that early settlers being helped by the indigenous people who were here, the Native Americans who were here. I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, you know, I don't think I don't think they're inconsistent. I don't think you. I don't think. See, this is the problem with people. This is why I don't want sixteen-year-olds to vote. Right? I'm not letting sixteen-year-olds make this policy. I get it. It's horrible what happened to Native Americans here. They were basically exterminated. But that said, we're not going to solve that problem by canceling a holiday that brings people together to tell us what they're thankful for. Yes, I get it. The symbolism of the pilgrims sitting with the with the Native Americans, you know, in 1642 is a is something that's you know part of Thanksgiving, but unfortunately, that is not what this holiday is about anymore. This holiday is about friends and family coming together and, and sharing love for each other and telling what they're thankful well, for. Well, let's not go all the way up to Plymouth, Massachusetts to make that point. Let's look at your own backyard in Suffolk and nearby Nassau County and through uh, Brooklyn and Queens, yep. which was once uh, the area run by the Canarsie Indians. Were you aware of that? The Canarsie, Canarsie Indians. I thought it was the Seatuck Were in control of right. that whole sector. And, in fact, recently, about six years ago, filed in federal court, Eastern District, downtown Brooklyn, was a claim by the Sicilian Redskins in Canarsie. <laughs> I they were say entitled. That. That's, they were entitled. That's like you're crossing the line there, baby. They were canceled. entitled <laughs> to the land that you now dominate in, in parts unknown somewhere in Suffolk County. Hey, look, they won a case in Oklahoma just now, okay, with, with Neil Gorsuch being the t- deciding vote about land that was taken. But there was an actual treaty between the United States and which the Native was American the, in Oklahoma. Uh, which was the Indian tribe that got hoodwinked for $24 in trinkets? The by- Manhattan no, it was the Canarsie Indians. The Canarsie Indians. You don't know that. I, you hear don't know the, I hear that Canarsie Native Americans had some good deli, too. I heard that they were fantastic. They made an excellent Well, pastrami. that was the name of the high school team there, <laughs> Canarsie, the Canarsie Chiefs. I had no idea. See, you got to be studying. I had no you, idea how come you don't just study now this? that Canarsie was Played the such name an of integral a tribe. role. I had no idea. They were all over the We learn about the Shinnecock out east. We learn about the Well, that's only because dance. of the U.S. Open out the there. Sea-talk. That's the only reason you know we about that. About the, oh, the the yeah, we don't learn about the Pusapak. Yeah, we do learn about the Pusapak. That is like the smallest reservation I've ever been in, and I've been in quite a few across this country. It is very small. The Pusapak. And I must say that when you drive through there, it's not a long drive. No. Nobody looks like a Native Indian well, in the Pusapak reservation. Is, it is what it is. Okay, who are we to say? That's why we have Ancestry.com. Everybody take their blood test. We're good. Really? Yeah, figure it out. Well, we're going to have to have a whole program just on this alone because yeah. clearly uh, you're not willing. I, I am not as well-versed on this stuff as you are, clearly, even though I know how to pronounce Untaxed cigarettes. Yeah. Untaxed gasoline. And you you certainly know those things. That's why probably one of the few reasons you actually go I, to a I used to MC the Oneida Nation's Aha. family picnic back in, up, up upstate New York in right. Syracuse. Well, you didn't one, have my, to pay one of my gigs when I was in law school. On your cigarettes, and you didn't have to pay taxes on and, the gasoline. And they had a crazy nice golf course, too. It was amazing, that Oneida Nation <laughs> up, up there in Syracuse. one 800 one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Let me go to Gail in Manhattan. Gail, good morning. Happy Good Friday or Black Friday. Good Black Friday. Good morning. To you. Um, it's great to, to have you both. Great, great to have Curtis back on the radio and and to welcome you too. Um, my question now that Eric Adams, uh, well, it's along those lines of history that you're talking about. Now that Eric Adams is going to be mayor, could we persuade him to? restore the statue of Thomas Jefferson to, I believe it was removed, kicked out of City Hall, banished from where it stood for maybe a 100 years, 
and um, now it's, you know, vanished to a corner of one of the museums of the city. Yeah, no, no, he's not going to do it. He led the effort. He Remember, originally when he won the Democratic nomination uh, through ranked choice voting, he said he wants to change the names of street signage, school signage, anything that is attributed to the name of a slave owner. So you know what's coming down the pipe. Washington, Jefferson, Madison, most of those who signed the Declaration of Independence to put their lives on the line for all of us, uh, those names are going to be changed by well, Eric Adams. There's got to be a conversation about this because people have multiple sides to them. one 800 wabc Curtis and Christopher on hanging out with you here. Until 10 a.m. Happy Good Friday. And you're here with Curtis Sliwa and Chris Hahn. I'm Chris Hahn. He's Curtis Sliwa. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Curtis. Ah, meantime, substituting for Bernard McGurk uh, and Sid Rosenberg. They're both in the same neck of the woods, except with Bernard McGurk, he's in the Irish Alps, and Sid is in the Jewish Himalayas. They're in the Catskills. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bernie's sleeping late. Sid's up doing push-ups or some other sort of calisthenics. Oh, no right? doubt. No right. doubt. But, I think he's, uh, got, like, he's like a medicine ball guy. He's like <laughs> one of those old-time, even though he's not, not that old. He's, uh, he's into that old-timey workout, you know, medicine ball. Exactly. Dumbbells. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be back on Monday. Uh, but probably the lead story yesterday, uh, and they didn't really handle this very well at NBC without Roker because he acted like as he was doing his uh, – duties along the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which he does each and every year, that all, all immediately his cell phone rang, and unexpectedly, who is on the line from Nantucket, Massachusetts, but the President and Madam President of the United States, uh, Joe Biden and Jill, who wanted to talk to him, and he was in shock. Al Roker was in total shock. You know this was pre-choreographed, pre-arranged. What's your message to the American folks on this Thanksgiving Day? My message is after two years, you're back. America's back. There's nothing we're unable to overcome, Al. Uh, America is back. It is. It's back. It's back, baby. In, in what way is it Well, back? I don't know. I had 20 people in my house yesterday. That's one way. The stock market is higher than it's ever been. Unemployment is lower than it's ever been. Wages are higher than they've ever been. The country's coming back. But no, no, no. He said America is back. See, you said the country is coming back. I wouldn't disagree with what you said. But I think uh, President Joe Biden, uh, days before saying, I'm running for another four years, I'm saying, oh, my God. Let's... Well, what is he supposed to say? And, and I understand. He's supposed to be a lame duck for three years. Not a lame duck. But... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a name right now. Yes. This is the Democratic nominee. Yes. In 2024, you and I will probably be, you'll still be on the radio from today. You, you won't have gone home yet. I'll be back. Hopefully. I don't know. You never know with me around here. Sometimes they like me. Sometimes they hate me. Uh, uh, it, it'll be Admiral McCracken. Admiral McCracken. McCra- sorry, McCraven. McCraven. <laughs> it's a little early for me. Right the sun has not even risen yet here in New York. The city that never sleep is hitting the snooze alarm this morning. Right, but, you and I are on the radio. What I object to is uh, both. The candidates in this last go-round, former President Donald Trump. Just write that down. You didn't write. Use your good arm to write that down. Okay. Yeah. Admiral McCraven. Yeah. Uh, and and what pray tell suggests in your mind that he is going to survive a Democratic primary process and replace Joe Biden I'll, as the nominee? I'll give you Exhibit A. Yes. Eric Adams. <laughs> 
Discuss. No. <laughs> I'm Your sorry. thoughts. <laughs> let, me uh, do, let me do a little Bobo. Your thoughts. Uh, uh, so were you doing Puff Puff Pass last night? No, I was not. I was sleeping at 8 o'clock. My God. <laughs> Trip the fan. <laughs> so. But let, let, let's just play this out. Joe yeah. Biden has already said, I'm running again four years. He's got to. He has no choice but to say that. Already well, the way up. he treats his vice president, my God, it's like um, probably the best president to... Uh, president's treatment of a vice president in my lifetime was uh, Jimmy Carter of Walter Mondale. Seemed like they really shared a lot of equal responsibilities, had a lot of respect for one another. And, and of course, George W. Bush handed all responsibility over to his Damn right, Dick Cheney. Yeah. Dick Cheney was the shot caller. Ah, I'm going to do everything for you, George. You just go to you go throw out baseballs. This at, uh, does pitches. not seem to be a very good shidduch. <laughs> Uh, I, I with mean, Vice President Harris ever since, remember, on that stage in Detroit, when uh, then U.S. Senator Harris eviscerated Joe Biden and called him a racist on the stage. I don't know if she used the term. She didn't call him a racist. She, but implied you know, it. Yeah. Implied I was it. one of the girls on the bus. Right. Yeah, and like he it. seemed to have forgiven that, and they moved on, and they seemed for a period of time that there was a likability factor. But I got to tell you, just from looking at it from the outside looking in, mm -hmm. Doesn't seem to be much love and respect by either of them towards one another. I, I don't see how this is different from any other relationship between a president and a vice president. I mean, we've all seen the show Veep. Veep might as well be a documentary set to comedy. It is what it is. Vice presidents and presidents, there's always, the media is always speculating whether or not they like each other. The vice president is kind of an afterthought. You know, I always like to point, my favorite thing, it's not a vice presidential quote. But it is a lieutenant governor quote, and it is a guy who we both know and love, David Patterson. I don't know if you love him. I love him. Uh, and David Patterson said, my job as lieutenant governor, every morning I would wake up, I would call the governor's mansion. If the governor answered the phone, I'd go back to bed. That was his <laughs> quote, not mine. It's a fantastic quote. And that's basically the job of the vice president. You get the big scissors, you get the big plane, yeah, well, wait a second. and you wait for the president to Harris die. was given quite a bit of responsibility. Deal with the border yeah, crisis. Great, good. Hey, you know this problem we've had in this country for a hundred years? Go fix it. That, that's a major assignment. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Did not seem like she really wanted to tackle that issue. I would say to her, take the 2013, I think it was called the Border Security and Immigration Act of 2013. Go to our, my former boss, Chuck Schumer, say reintroduce it and pass it, which it passed with bipartisan support. Pass it as it was. $20 billion for border security, plus it fixes all the problems with immigration, including worker visas, pathway to citizenship, the dreamers, all everything I else. Know is, all I want to know is, can we test pass them it. for coronavirus? Can yes. we test them for I coronavirus? I said yes. How many times well, am I going to tell you? You're acting as a logical liberal yeah, now. I, it, you could test anybody for coronavirus, okay? It's just, let's figure it out. Um, get some testing down there. Figure it out. And then tell Nancy Pelosi to pass the same bill and then have the president sign it. We're good. Then why can't that you know, be done? Mitch McConnell, excuse me, Lindsey Graham was a co-sponsor of that bill with Chuck Schumer in 2013. Look, you had it when Barack Obama was the president. You had immigration reform. You could feel it. You could touch it. You it could passed smell it. the Senate. You, you had it. And then all of a sudden, Barack Obama decided, uh-uh. I'm, I'm putting all my enchiladas in the basket, not of immigration reform, but rather health care. Well, uh, you look, health care was a priority during the campaign. Uh, immigration was a harder political sell. And they went with health care. The country needed health care. And now it has it.
So now we're looking at, based on the letter that was uh, released last night by former President Donald Trump, it looks like he's in it to win it in 2024. Uh, the grift will go until it can no longer go. That's my that's my statement. So your sense is he's not running. He's not running. He is grifting. He's going to be grifting as long as he can grift. And he'll hint that he's going to run. And if he ever announces he's going to run, the grift changes. It becomes more focused and more reportable. Right now, you're giving to a pack and you don't know where that money's going. But this is an easy way for this man who's failed at business his entire life. He's failed at everything he's ever done, including being president. He was the worst president in the history of this country. Well, then why Killed 600,000 people, he doing destroyed the economy, right, didn't but, create any jobs. But if, in fact, that's the position that you believe that Donald Trump has in a place of history, he's, why is he doing so well in the polls now? He is taking money from people who can't afford to give him money. And he's taking their money. You didn't answer my question. Because why is he doing be, so well in the polls now? Because nobody hears from him now. If he was an ever present, per, you know, ever present in our life like he was for the last six years, or could he it be, be doing well? Or could it be that Joe Biden has been a disappointment? I don't think he's been a disappointment. I think there's a feeling in this country that hey, why isn't this over yet? Why isn't COVID over yet? Why isn't everything back to normal? You promised us to be back to normal. Well, there are more deaths it's nine now, months in, a year later, ten months in, than there were during the Trump year. No, there weren't. There weren't more deaths during the biden year than there were during the trump sure year. no I get it when he took office there were six hundred fifty thousand people had died from covid now we're at eight hundred thousand there have been a lot of deaths and but they weren't all this year it's escalating yeah it wasn't it's all this escalating. year it was supposed you're, to be over slam dunk it's not escalating it's slowed down deaths have slowed down dramatically so you're telling because me, people have been vaccinated right, because so, joe biden fixed fixed that system yeah but it doesn't appear to be working all that well. Example, Black Friday today, right? Yes, yes. President of the United States demanded of the private sector that they have the vaccine mandates. Big business, right? Big retail said, yeah, maybe we'll talk about it in the spring, but we got to get through this Christmas shopping season. We don't have enough workers as it is. If we're going to demand a vaccine passport for our workers, we'll have possibly product on the shelf, although with the shortages, not as much as they thought. And we don't have any workers, to be able to stock the shelves. So now, all of a sudden, nobody's pushing that issue anymore because without the workers, I, there's no ticky. I, I think there's that, no sales. I think that big business needs to treat vaccines like they treat busting unions. Just get the workers in a room and convince them that they need to do it. Just and like they, they don't, do, just like they do with the union busting. If they could do it for something that's bad, I mean, they want these. They don't want them in the unions, and I think they should be in unions. Uh, why can't they convince them to? Take the vaccine, which is good for them, which will help them. But you not. took it. But I took it. I understand that, but they're not. In I'm, fact, going, wait, I'm going to Fox on Sunday. Yes. I'm going to do it from the studio. First time in the studio since the night of the New Hampshire primaries, last time I was in studio. Wait a second. I've been there and done it in studio. You're a regular featured. I have a studio in my house. No, in no, the no I understand of my that. House. But you are regularly featured yeah. on Fox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to you the know, studio. You know, I occasionally. I don't, they don't want people in the studio. If you have a studio at your house, they'll let you do it from your house. I'm going in the studio for the first time in two years. So let me ask you this question. This this is a perfect example. They have found out, like other networks, that they can be just as efficient if you're doing it from home than if you had to schlep all the way into the studio. Right. So how are you going to get all these workers who are not involved in entertainment into these glass-encased concrete structures throughout Midtown with 70% of the space is empty at this point, 
And major businesses cannot convince their workers to come back into the hub, into Midtown. It is a barren, desolate area at times. I think that the workforce has changed in this country. I think that desk work uh, does not require an office space anymore. And I think you're going to see uh, a significant shift here in New York City. I think it actually might be good for New York City long term. It's going to be bad short term. But I think long term, a lot of this office space will be converted into residential space. And then instead of having a 328-square-foot apartment, you'll have maybe a 1,000-square-foot <laughs> apartment. But let's look at it. Um, <laughs> and it'll be affordable. And we'll get, by the way, we'll get younger people, the creative class, back into the city. People in their early 20s who are just starting their career. Artists, musicians, engineers. People you mean who need as to long be as, together. As people long who as need they to uh, have a blind trust from their daddy and mom. No, no, no. But, if, but if we take 50% of this office space in the city and convert it to residential, you're going to see the price of... Living in the city, affordability but of housing even, come down. Do you realize, Chris, that even people who live in the city, because I've met with them when I was in the campaign to become mayor, do not go to work even though their workplace is in the city. They continue to stay at home and work at home because they say, and they're right, it's a better quality of life, less pressure, less stress. They're not stuck like sardines, even though their transportation is a shortened version of what you would be doing coming in from Suffolk County. Right. Maybe two hours one way, two hours the other way. An hour today. Nobody was on the roads. People (laughs) are beginning to opt and choosing a better quality of life. If, in fact, they can be just as productive from where they live. They're spending more time with their family. They're being able to spend more time supervising their kids so they're not getting into double trouble. And you're exercising more. You're living a healthier life. Right. Why aren't we encouraging that? Why, for the benefit of the survival of this city, which already does not spend money appropriately, are we telling people it's better for the city if you schlep all the way into work when, in fact, we've proven through the lockdown and pandemic, many people can actually be just as productive. And they're more productive. More more positive. Because they're happy. That's right. Right. And take better care of themselves and their family. Look, I was built for the lockdown. I don't like being around people anyway. So it was good for me. Yeah. I didn't want to That's have to go obvious, to events. That's very obvious, Chris. You know, I, you walked in here I didn't want to like, I don't you know, want to see anybody. I, I, I like my dogs and my family. Now, you know, I said <laughs> this in the campaign, and everybody said, you can't say that. You can't. I said, but it's the truth. We should be doing what's in the best interest of people. There are people who will be more productive being in the room with other people. Absolutely. I think this show is better when I'm sitting here talking to you Absolutely. than it was when I was yesterday at home. I think it's much better. But. There are people who are sitting at a desk all day that don't need to talk to people all day. And if they need to talk to them, they get on the phone or they get on a Zoom Zoom. or something else like that. And the technology is there. The bandwidth is now available for everybody pretty affordably. That It doesn't make any sense to make them come into a space. Plus, these companies don't want to pay for the space anymore. Right. But you know why the city wants them to come into the space? Because they want the the business, the traffic and in the, the city. And the taxes. And the taxes. Most importantly, the taxes. The taxes, the taxes. They don't the want taxes. you just paying your taxes in Suffolk County for the work that you do. <laughs> no. For a company that may have a shingle in New York right, City. Right, right, right. They want to bleed you. It's insane. But look, I love the city. And believe me, I believe the city will come back. And I think it's going to be better. one 800 wabc Curtis, Sliwa, Chris Hahn, in for Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, I am digesting a new report from a global tech company that says the average American checks his or her cell phone 96 times a day. That's once every 10 minutes. 
and a 20% increase from just two years ago. The data says 18 to 24-year-olds checked the most. Now, I believe that report because it's obvious many of us are addicted to the cell phone as it provides pretty much everything we need. Music, video, social interaction with other phone users, and endless information. Want to know the population of Botswana? Phone check, please. Elvis's middle name? The cell phone has it all. Well, almost all. What the phone does not have is empathy. It is a cold machine. And so are a good number of folks who use it. Don't believe me? Check out the Twitter trolls who delight in anonymously hurting human beings using their machine. Used to be, you'd have to confront a person face-to-face in order to insult them, and then you'd risk a karate chop if you did that. Now you can hide in your basement. Because of the cell phones, people are reading fewer books, watching fewer plays and TV shows, and conversing with the spoken word far less. The thumb, not the tongue, has become the primary communication driver. Cell phones have changed everything, but there will be a price for that down the road. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Yeah, got Chris Hahn and Curtis Sliwa in for Bernie and Sid, who are enjoying much-needed rest today, especially if doing the morning show all the time. I I, I give them uh, props for that, having done it two days now, and it's tough. one 800 wabc Let me go to Mario in Brooklyn. Mario. How are you guys? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I just want to say, Curtis, you know, I grew up in East New York by your age. Pickin' Avenue, Atlantic Avenue, high school dropout. A lot in common, but you're way a lot smarter than me. And uh, and this guy you're sitting over there, Chris Hahn? Yeah. Does he realize, does he, does he realize how, how the Curtis Lewa subtly is destroying you? <laughs> I mean, the guy... I can't believe it that the guy from the streets is just—you don't even realize how embarrassing. You just said Joe Biden's doing good. Yeah, he is. I mean, right there alone, you lost everything. Ah, okay. You're in denial. Trump derailed. Well, well, Mario, if I if I can intervene a second, he was doing so well as a logical liberal in the first hour. He really was. He was knocking him out of the park, and then I figured, okay. I'll play Al Roker's, oh, surprise, surprise, the president how is calling he, me. I want to know how Joe Biden got Al Roker's phone number. I've been trying to get Al Roker's phone number for a long time. <laughs> I can give it to you. You got it? He's a fellow. He grew up in Canarsie yeah, for a few years. See, everything revolves around it's Canarsie. 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 <laughs> Delhi. It's kind of funny, right? But I tell you, Mario, he was a lot better in that first hour as a logical liberal. Then I've really heard you in quite some time, Chris. You know, I think Mario needs to listen to the whole show on the app yeah, later yeah. on this afternoon when right. they put it up. So, Mario, why don't you do that? one 800 But now, you did say you may want to amend that for Mario's benefit. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden, the president, told Al Roker in the middle of the Thanksgiving Day parade, Macy's parade, yep. that America is back. And you said, rightfully so, America is coming back. It is coming back. Right, which is not America is back. There are things that need to change in this country as a result of the pandemic. And we were just talking about it. People coming into the office, things of that nature. And there needs to be an adjustment. And well, until I that adjustment, say, and that adjustment's not going to happen overnight. The change that I would say is needs to be from both parties. We need a change in both parties. Uh, Joe Biden's got to go uh, when his time is up. 
uh, Donald Trump, move aside. It's time for a new wave of Republicans. We need different energy. We need a different direction. Well, look, I think the Republican Party needs to rid itself of these people who, you know, just believe that winning at all costs is all that matters. Right. It doesn't matter who voted for who. Uh, we won no matter what. Uh, that's got to go. This this stop the steal crowd, these Lauren Boebert's, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, these type of people need hey, look, to be expelled. We from have party. our loony Kazunis. You have your loony Kazunis. They of, call the squad. Well, you know, the of, squad. Yeah, I got it. But the squad isn't out there trying to overthrow the government. No, uh, you right? have the squad, right? They're not trying. Uh, Talibi, they're not, they're not trying to... who wants no more federal prisons, does not want people locked up in federal prisons for anything, even the most serious violent crimes. She wants federal prisoners held where they were, uh, where they were from. You would have to admit, though, you don't want to be attached to Talibi and the squad, right? I look. I mean, they have some ideas that are good, some ideas that are bad. And I always say about, uh, you know. AOC, who I know you like to to, to all talk out about. crazy, yeah, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Uh, she is young, and when you're young, you're supposed to want to try to change things. And what I admire about her and a lot of the other progressives in Congress right now is they start the conversation on the left. For the last twenty years, thirty years in this country, Democrats have been afraid to start the conversation on the left. They started in the middle, and then the compromise is on the right. I'm sorry, started on the left. Let's get the compromise in the well, center. Would you admit they started on the left, right? And then they took to the streets in the summer of 2020, and it's been all downhill since. It hasn't worked. Defund police. Well, defund de- that, that wasn't them. It hasn't defund worked. The police no was bail. The dumb, defund the police was the dumbest slogan ever created right, by anybody in the history the left, of this country. It, no, it didn't left, come from elected. From it didn't come from Joe Biden. It didn't even come from AOC. It came from a group of like kids who don't know anything, who came up with this slogan, and then Republicans painted every Democrat in America with wanting to support that, that, that platform, but you would have which to is admit, just not true. You would have to admit in the summer why of 2020, McCraven, I'm your nominee could you, in Could you take a moment to explain why this uh, person, I'm sure he served America uh, bravely and loyally as yeah. an admiral. Well, he was the man who was behind the killing of Osama bin Laden. I understand. He, but le- he was the leader of that mission. Do you realize who the last admiral was on a stage running for high office as vice president it, it of the United States? It was the guy States? with Ross Perot. Stockdale. Yeah, admiral Stockdale. Oh, hold on a minute. i got to turn my hearing aid on. <laughs> it was Stockdale. Well, I literally just started laughing. I was a kid. I was laughing. I'm like, why was his? Why was it off? He's on. A, he's on. A thing. No, and he had served the country really well. It was a great story about Admiral Stockdale, but his time was over. And if you remember, he was vapid. He was lost up on yeah. that stage. Yeah. Very similar to what we had in a recent gubernatorial run. If you remember the man with the bullhorn and the baseball bat from Buffalo, oh, New yeah. York, Carl oh, yeah. Paladino. Carl, whatever happened to him? Is he dead? No. He's still alive. No, well, look, he's been a force to uh, reelect Brown, the mayor in Buffalo, remember, who was being challenged by the socialists who won the Democratic primary. Yep. And Paladino and others, Democrats and business people, all coalesced around Brown. And he won what is the most difficult election a to win. Yeah. A write-in. Yeah. It's crazy. But, but just to mention. Yep. On the Stockdale situation. Yep. I'm going to give you an opportunity through the course of this program to rethink the person that you think will replace Joe Biden as the party's nominee for president. Admiral McCraven, you should be afraid if you're a Republican. You're really crazy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Robbie in Farmingdale. Robbie. 
Good morning, good morning. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Good gentlemen. morning, Robbie. Okay, first of all, Curtis, you ran a great fight, and uh, you, you're gallant in your, in your loss, but you're back where you belong for the rest of us. Well, you know, uh, our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, wants to sign me up to a 30-year no-cut contract. 30 years? You're going to be 110. (laughs) 30 years. you got to sign it. Will there be radio 30 years from now? I don't know. Yes. Yes, if I have it my way, there will be. All right. (laughs) Keep them in there. Well, this is is Curtis Sliwa coming to you. I've been working for 20 hours. One thing I won't be lacking, even 30 years from now, if I'm still alive and haven't used up all nine of my cat lives. No. Energy. No, you'll have. You energy. will not. I, I will not be a slacker, deadbeat. I've never heard of a hundred and ten-year-old radio host, <laughs> Bobby. What else is on your you mind? You will man? when it comes to me. Okay, so what else is on my mind is this, Chris. I'm just going to give you the top three things that President Trump made better for this country. Oh, please. One, and one, energy independence. No. Two, <laughs> peace agrees in the in the Middle East. Nope. And, and the never happened. Of the caliphate. Go ahead. And three. The lowest unemployment in the country in almost the history. He left office with 20% unemployment. Oh, oh, wait, for one week there was low unemployment. The lowest unemployment since the 1969 is right now. Right now. 1-800-848-WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Slewa in for Bernie and said, of course, we'll be back here on Sunday night, 3 to 5, doing our regular slot here at WABC. That's right, left versus right, although I want to give you some corrective uh, criticism. Yes, please. Uh, before the top of the hour of the break, you said, happy Good Friday. I did. I, I meant to say... You're not alone. Happy... I, I meant to say Good Black Friday. Yes. To you. <laughs> right, but you're not alone. There are two dates on the calendar in which people, it's almost like a tick, They'll say Happy Memorial Day. Yeah. Sort of like, wait a second, Memorial Day is to honor the dead. Right, 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 right. And Happy Good Friday. Well, Good Friday is sort of very somber. (laughs) And so it's a happy Good Friday. Is it somber? I mean, if you really think about it, um, it, it's really the day that your sins were forgiven. So depends on. Should be a good day. Which perspective you look at it from. Well, I mean, if you're a Christian and you believe that Christ died for your sins, well, that's. That's pretty now, good. Remember, Happy Good Friday. There are two it's different Black Friday types. today, though. There are actually three different types right. of Christians, okay? So you have the Roman Catholics who focus on the crucifixion. Right, right. Crucifixion is like number one. You have one. the evangelicals who focus on the resurrection. Right, because that's why they wear the cross. Catholics right. are constantly wearing the cross. The Orthodox Christians, uh, they're somewhere in between. And then the Protestants and the evangelicals. They focus almost completely on the resurrection. Right. You almost never see crosses in their churches no. or any kind of cross paraphernalia. You never do. You never. If you see a cross, there's nobody on it, right? That's completely. the key, right? Exactly. You do see crosses. You but, don't. See, but not as much. You don't see the crucifix. I mean, Jesus a Roman Catholic guy will have like three crosses, you know, and a, a <laughs> and a gold chain around yeah, yeah. his neck and the horn, right? The cornu, <laughs> right. which I never understood. With I the crown, I don't understand what that even means. Well, I'll, I'll explain. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have time. to explain that to me at some point. Especially with what our audience, you'll get an education, the re-education of Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm Italian. Man. I have no idea what I mean. They, somebody gave me one once. You know, one of my what? relatives. I'm like, because what do I do of that, with this? I'm going to give you Umalukia, the oh. evil eye. Oh no, oh no, that's the evil eye. One eight hundred eight four. 9222 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Michael in Northport. Michael. Hey, guys. Curtis, it's a real pleasure and an honor to be speaking with you guys. And Chris, welcome to the show. 
I do want to address one thing, though. Chris, how many deaths did you ascribe to Trump when he was in office? You just said 600,000. Are you confirming that? I am confirming I, that. I Six, ad- 600,000 people died of COVID-19 during Trump's t- tenure in office. You're absolutely wrong. It's 398 nope. on January 19th, the day he left office. Nope. And there have been more. De- yes, yes. No, yes. no, no. Yes. 600,000 people died by January 20th, 2021. No, no, no. We, we crossed the 400,000 barrier on the day Biden took office. We crossed the 400,000 death barrier. There was 398 on January 19th. Apologize, Chris. No. Apologize. You, you are right? wrong. Am I wrong? Yeah, you are All right, wrong. well, I'll have somebody check I, I that didn't, out. I didn't get into a battle right. royale right, with Michael. you I guess, that, Maybe you were wrong. Curtis says I'm wrong. I'm going to look it up, and I'll post it on Twitter later. Follow me there, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Thanks for your call. Thank you for the corrective <laughs> criticism, I, I appreciate Michael. the fact checckers in the audience. Uh, morning radio. It's, By the way, it is, it is like uh, still before 7 o'clock. The death rate is growing in the next hour. We have to talk about this emergency session. Right. Of the who, who are you? They're not going to be singing as Roger the rock Daltrey, group, the who, and, no. And, and the One other of my guy, all-time no, favorite yeah, rock and roll Me too. Group. I've seen them twice. The World Health Organization, because of this deviant strain coming out of South Africa, which apparently is immune to uh, the vaccine protecting Great. you. Great. Great. Another round. Great. Could Here this be go. a fourth lockdown? Here we go. Here we go again. This would not be good. It's not, not good. And you know what it all stems from? We'll go into it further in the next hour. That in third world countries, if we don't get their situations in line with ours, these strains are going to keep developing in the third world countries yeah. and coming back to we got to get them vaccinated. It's got to be global. It's got to be a plan. It's got to be a martial plan to vaccinate the world. Is what we really need. Or better yet, the antiviral pills that are coming out now, hopefully Pfizer will get the approval uh, from the FDA. And then you can get it in pill form as opposed to injectable. And then some of these, you know, people who are complaining, I don't want to get a shot. I don't want to get a shot. Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to get a shot. Screw you. Take the pill, you idiot. He's still winning. Yeah, whatever. He's still winning. Screwed up my fantasy team for a couple I'll of weeks. I'll bet he did. He really did. And now he's got a fractured toe. Yeah, well. And he's, he's still winning. Freaking guy. He's not going to be hosting Jeopardy, though, ever again. <laughs> no. We know that. No, he did so, himself in on that one. Not good. And I don't like Ken Jennings. Dr. Joe Rogan. <laughs> Dr. Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. I, I, did he go to Joe Rogan for the toe? I'm wondering. Are you going to go see Joe well, Rogan Well, that was the, the question. Toe? Yeah. That was the question. I'd like to know, like, when you break your toe, do you go to Joe Rogan or do you go to a doctor? one 800 wabc uh, Let me go to Stu in Brooklyn. Stu. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Chris, uh, why are you in love with Admiral uh, McCraven? The guy is, is, is another one of these classroom academic commandos. Yeah, I know, special forces, Dice commander. Yeah. But the guy who you really want to get an opinion of about Admiral McCraven was Dick Marcinko, who was the first SEAL Team 6 commander. Yeah. And his opinion of McCraven was he took the special out of special forces. I, I don't know. I think McCraven did a pretty good job uh, commanding the SEALs when he was in charge of the SEALs. Uh, remember this guy, Osama bin Laden, who attacked this country? I'm sorry. I think the guy who was leading the forces that went after that guy and killed him and sent him to the bottom of the ocean would make a pretty damn good president. What do you think, buddy? 
No, I think you lost them there. But I, oh. Again, I think you're getting uh, caught in the nuances of yeah. this debate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not going to have him as your Democratic He's going to be the Democratic nominee. And already, Either him or Mayor Pete. Already, <laughs> uh, President Joe Biden has said he's running. Yeah. He's running. He's not. How many, what would he got? <laughs> we got three years to go and he's you're running You're not allowed already. to say you're not running for president in your first year as president. I understand, but now everybody right out of the box, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. You Why got not to. Do the freaking job first and you won't even have to announce Why are they you're even, he, only, he's not even announcing, people are asking him, are you running? Like, people want to know who's running. It's always a horse race. Why not just Part of the problem in America is that we're so concerned with the horse race and not the policies. Chris, why not just say, could I actually do the job I got elected to do and then then I can think about it? Let me talk about it later. No, you can't. You got to say, no, I'm running because then people just discount everything you do after that. Your power is gone. They've already discounted things that President Joe Biden are doing. Well, Joe Biden did get a couple of bills passed. So, you know, I mean, pretty big. Remember Infrastructure Week every week in the Trump administration? uh, When did they pass Infrastructure? uh, By the way, talk about Infrastructure Week, and I'm not opposed to infrastructure because we certainly need it. Oh, my God. But we're putting in the first bricks of the seawall where the money was uh, created by the federal government after Superstorm Sandy 2012. We're first now putting the bricks in the place. How many years later? It's a long. Ten years? It takes too long to do anything in this country because we have too many people, too many different agencies, too many governments that have to sign off on everything. We need a master you know, plan for how we just cut through red tape in this country so that we – look, I want to build things environmentally well, sound. Well, I want to protect the environment, seen, but I want to do it – I want to – I want. we should know what's going on you, and we should get it done quick. You seem to be referring to former President Donald Trump's fast track for the vaccines, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was him. It's all, all him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was all him. Well, come on. Give yeah. credit where credit is. I, I will give some credit to him right. for the fast track he and the vaccines. He fast tracked that. Cut through the bureaucracy, yeah. created the government, he's private such a great, partnerships. He's such a great man. Then you won't give him credit for him. No, I give him no credit. He gets no credit. Don't give that guy credit. You know what happens when you give him credit. He goes bankrupt. <laughs> it's over. Ask all the banks what are you, who Deutsche gave Bank? him credit over the years how they feel about giving that guy credit. Just saying. one 800 wabc Let me go to Larry in Brooklyn. Been holding on. Larry, how you doing? Yeah, Curtis. How you doing, guys? Listen, Curtis, I don't know how you let Chris get away with lying with the truth. You just asked him to give credit to Trump, but he's he's, he's holding Trump responsible for deaths that come from China. And you didn't you didn't put a, you didn't put a nose to the fire, his feet to the fire, and say, what the hell does the amount of people that died have to do with Trump? We got a virus coming in from China. So this guy Chris, he lies with the truth, and you let him get away with it, and then then you're reduced to say something like, well, Biden said we're back. But we're coming back. That's like Bill I, I am not lying. And when you're the president of the United States, you are the responsible party. And frankly, this man lied to this country, said it was no big deal, said it was just like the flu. No worries. And now hundreds of thousands of people yeah, are dead as a result. And again, President Joe Biden recently told us it's over. Don't worry. Happy days are here again. And he was wrong. Take your masks off. Take your guarded belts off. It's not over. Take your leader hosting off. It's not Happy over. Happy Daisy. We got to figure again. this thing out. It's it's look. It's well, complicated. The next hour we'll break it down because we'll uh, break it down. Some pretty uh, look. Regardless of where your position is on the necessity of having a vaccine or not a vaccine, uh, what the World Health Organization is discussing today could have dire ramifications for even those who are vaccinated. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Let's hope. Let's hope that. It's not good. 
I don't know. I don't know what you do if there's another strain. But we're not going to lock down this country again. That's not going to happen. Uh, nobody will put up with it, left or right. Nobody wants to be, you know, shut out from from seeing friends and family. And, so they're not going to do what and, Austria just did or no, Czechoslovakia is in the process. I cannot doing. see that happening in this country again. I just can't. Uh, so we've got to figure something else out. Maybe there'll be mask mandates, which I know some people will be, you know, complaining about because they're whiny little babies. But there will be, you know, we're not going to have a situation where people are told to stay But it home seems again. to me, whereas in the first round under President Trump, we were freaking at all the deaths. Rightfully so. We're yeah. Not, we're certainly not used to anything We didn't know how like to deal that. with it. But now it's almost like, oh, okay, almost the same number of deaths. I guess we're going to have to live with this. I think people are actually saying now, well, 95% of the deaths are people who are unvaccinated. They have chosen themselves the risk. If you want to accept your own risk and then you know pay the consequences for that, I think that's part of being you know a free person. In this country, you think people have come to that conclusion? I think that there's a lot of people who have come to that conclusion. I, for one, you know, look, I'm vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. My whole family's vaccinated. You know, I, I, I want everybody. To so be maybe, vaccinated. Chris, what you'll be doing is out in Suffolk County and parts unknown where you live. <laughs> yeah. You'll be walking around putting an X mark on all the houses no. of the unvaccinated. No, 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 no. They're putting it on themselves. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Uh, who do we want to talk what, to? The angel of death is going to visit them in their house if they're unvaccinated. I, look, I, I don't know if they're going to go to their house. They're going to die with a you know ventilator tube sticking out of them. But it's not good. Get vaccinated. You're at a much higher risk for death or serious illness if you're not vaccinated. Well, we'll see what the World Health Organization says about this new strain, which, again, hints are that even if you're vaccinated, this may be a strain in which the vaccine does not help you. And now the European Union is saying, you know, that vaccine passport you have uh, nine months later, you're going to need more booster shots oh boy. in order to renew well, your vaccine probably, it's pass. Like, it'd be like the flu shot. We're going to need it every year. one 800 848 W.A.B.C. All right. You got Curtis Slewa and Chris Hahn in for Bernie and Sid taking a much needed break this holiday weekend. Happy Black Friday to you, Curtis. Now, I got it right. What do you think the results of retail will be on Black Friday since so much of the commerce now is e-commerce? For instance, like uh, you keep mentioning the apartment I live in. Yeah, yeah. 328 square feet. That I share with my wife, Nancy, and the 17 rescue cats. It's a ground floor apartment. So when we come into the foyer, the lobby, we have to be careful of an avalanche of packages. Yep. And this is going on all throughout the city. You see the truck pulls up on the corner. Yep. And these young men and young women, they're like horse-drawn carriages, except they're pushing the horse-drawn I carriages. And there are the Amazon packages, other packages. How are you going to get people to go back? To shopping in mom and pop shops, mid-level sized businesses, mid uh, mid sized businesses. When in fact, it's so used to just doing e-commerce. I mean, look, it's got to be quality. If there's something you could get different in those shops, it's not going to be. You're not going to buy a national brand in a mom and pop shop for long in this country. I, I don't. I don't see that happening anymore. They just can't compete with these larger chain stores and the online retailers. They just can't sad but that's what that's the and by the way the biggest business of all that's booming now and i don't know if anyone has observed this but i certainly have are the fake phony fraudulent vaccine passport cards that are everywhere unbelievable everywhere it's like when we were being carded remember we go to times square to get phony id to be able to say we're 18 yep the 
I would uh, say it was twenty one when I was doing it. It was 18, 18 when you were doing it. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one for me. Okay. So, you know. But anyway, forged vax cards, which are not difficult. You right. look at it looks like a library card. Yeah, it's they're not really they're just black and white paper. I know. So <laughs> it's like everyone is like comfortable if you believe this. Like you need to be vaccinated, you need now to get the booster shots. You have this card and right away everyone feels like ah ha ha they're vaccinated. They're okay. I, I was looking at this when the balloons were being pumped up on one side of yep, Columbus yep. Avenue near the uh, Museum of Natural History. In order to be able to watch the balloons being pumped up, you had to have a vaccine passport. Let me ask you something. When you yeah. went to the balloon thing, I was thinking about asking you this yesterday. I never yeah. got to it. Were you on patrol as a guardian angel or were you just hanging out with the kids? Both. 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 Okay. Because there, there were some weirdos around there. You know, when you have that many kids, the pedophiles are at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not like they're going to come up and, and bump or rub on the kids. But they seem to get their jollies off just looking at all the kids. Yeah, assembled. I don't like that. So I go up to them and say, hey, pal, you know. How well, do you know, though? How do you know You, you can one? tell just the way they're looking at these kids. And they don't have any kids of them of their right. own. And they're just standing there for like a half hour or an hour. It's like there's already been three balloons pumped right, up. Right, 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 right. I don't get the watching the balloons get pumped up thing. I just don't no, get it. No, but the point is, is as people were flashing the cards. And this is like the snap card, you know, when you go in to get uh, food with yep. food. There's a picture on it. It's clearly a woman. The clerk uh, at the register never looks at the picture on the right. card. They just swipe it. And this is even worse because it's so easy to knock off. Yeah. And so a lot of these people. You can print definite, it in your house. Right. They're flashing fake vax cards. And everyone is saying, well, they have a vax card. They have a vax card. And what guarantees that that, in fact, is... I, I think it's despicable for somebody to pretend that they're vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, just say you're not vaccinated. Be, you know, you you're, have the courage of your convictions. I'm not vaccinated. Put on your mask, get tested, do whatever you have to do if you're not vaccinated. This is why I have a problem with Aaron Rodgers. Not, my problem isn't that he didn't get vaccinated. My problem is that he lied to his teammates. He lied to the press. He may have endangered people as a result of his actions. Well, the problem is he's a football star, not a politician. Because if he were a politician, either Democrat or Republican, he would get a pass for lying. It's you, almost like in their blood. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. They probably would have given him a pass for lying. But he lied, and he hurt people. And these people out there getting fake vaccine passports are lying, and they're hurting people. Yeah, but he realized it's a cottage industry now. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous industry. one 800 wabc Let me go to Tim in Levittown out on Long Island. Tim, how you doing? Hello? Hey, how you doing? Hey, Curtis. I just want to thank you for uh, all the effort and the enthusiasm you put into the election. And uh, I'm sorry to hear about your loss, but I have a question for you, Curtis. You know, I, 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 I don't pay attention to the mainstream news. I went to YouTube this morning. I saw you had a guest host on. So I said, this is great. Black Friday. Let me tune in. It's a nice, easy day. Curtis, my question for you is, why do they keep doing this to you? Why did, why, why did Castle Matides keep doing this to you? First, they put you on with Jet Set Juliet, that bird brain. And now I got to listen to this guy. On a nice, relaxing day. He's like Hans Goebbels, the Minister of Disinformation. <laughs> well, I'm Chris Hahn, not Hans Goebbels. You got, it, you got it wrong, man. And by the way, I choose the callers, too, just, one, just for the record. <laughs> I knew this was coming. That is correct, Tim. He did choose you as the caller, knowing what you were I going to exactly say. I knew exactly what you were going to say. <laughs> so, but you see, Tim, I was hoping he'd have better material, but, you know, you have to have some of the programming that has two different points of view instead of it just being the amen choir. You do understand that, Tim. 
No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a, a discourse with, with the left. But when you get these hardcore, well, when, this, when I heard this guy say that Biden has done uh, lowest unemployment, this, that, this, all this disinformation. It's true. It's, uh, it's, no, it's not. Tim, Tim, what's the unemployment right now? And when was it this low? It was the 60s. It's the truth. I know you don't want to hear the truth, but ye shall know the truth, my friend. And the truth shall set you free. Everything this guy's done has been an abysmal failure. No. Everything. No, not true, Tim. Wait till they fix the Long Island Expressway and you can get to Levittown quicker. one 800 Will we see that in our lifetime, though? Come on, Chris. Be, uh, be honest. I'll see it in my lifetime. I don't know about you. one 800 wabc Look, I, I, I mean, I get it. Um, you know, people don't always hear both points of view. Yeah, but I think with uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, the perception was that when he would get into office, he would be a moderate voice amongst the many Democrats who would like to push him left, that he would be able to hold the line. Right. I don't perceive that to be, in fact, the truth. And uh, I think... Well, you don't perceive it, but what is the evidence that it actually hasn't happened? Well, because he doesn't take a firm stand. What are you talking about? What issue? In all the bills. No. Absolutely. So the bill, the Build Back Better bill, that is $1.2 trillion, was supposed to be $7 trillion. one 800 in his way, his fellow Democrats, his two fellow Democrats. Curtis and Chris with you till 10 o'clock. one 800 That's one 800 wabc Chris Hahn, Curtis Leo with you till 10 o'clock in for bernie and sid who have a much deserved day off now uh question chris uh when you slept in here this morning yes from having to do all the dishwashing no, i don't preparing cook, the meal if you cook you don't clean i don't clean oh so yeah. you're not a full maytag no, 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 a partial no. maytag no we let the maytag clean all right but you got up the bright actual, and early the actual maytag you got in bright <laughs> and early and you didn't take the long island railroad into penn station uh, i did not we're on the east side here well smart because it's the killing fields I don't know if you notice. It seems like they average every few days somebody either gets shot and killed or stabbed, either in Penn Station or in proximity to Penn Station. And I say to myself, I don't understand this. You have more police per square inch in and around Penn Station. You have the NYPD, Midtown South, the largest precinct in the city. You have the MTA cops, which are the state cops. You have the Amtrak cops, because Amtrak is it's a federal facility. You have the New York State Troopers. You have the National Guard. And yet there is rampant crime in and around 34th Street. Jimmy Dolan, owner and operator of Madison Square Garden, he takes no responsibility for that, even though he pays no property taxes. He's yeah. rolling in dough. It is a a con- concise area that is out of control, and this city has no idea how to utilize these personnel to make sort of a, sa- a safe pathway for people to go in and out of there. Before the lockdown and pandemic, there used to be 700,000 people each day come out of Penn Station, go to work, or yep. go to the theater, or uh, peruse through the restaurants, bars, and retail establishments. 700,000 go back, nowhere near as many now. And they can't get a grip on that and get that in control. And, you know, it was most most alarming to me when we were watching the balloons being pumped up. Yeah, yeah. That's 77th in Columbus. So people were crossing the street. They finished watching the balloons being pumped up. Curtis, uh, where can I catch the nearest bus to take me downtown? Why do you want to take the bus? Why not just take the subway? It's right over there on 72nd or 79th on Broadway. We don't take the subway. 
Mm. A lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is is that the volume actually protected people. I think the lack of volume is leading to the increase in crime because people are now you know isolated and alone. But think there. about it. I mean, we're talking about Penn Station, maybe two square blocks, yep. which has become a killing field. The soccer star, remember the other day, yep. who's just sitting on that number two train. Apparently, he was sleeping. He gets slashed and killed. Unbelievable. This guy, 36 years old, right at the Long Island Railroad entrance, the yeah. new one, the Cuomo. Bill, Not good. On 33rd and 7th, slashed, stabbed, and killed at 8 o'clock at night. They can't get that in control. That's a they, major transit they, hub. They relied on there being hundreds of thousands of people in there at all times. Thousands of people moving through there at all times to help aid and dissuade people from doing these types of attacks. But they can't depend on Chris Hahn coming in on the Long Island Railroad I, as I, a dashing Dan. I have not like taken the Long Island Railroad since I was a regular commuter into the city. I, I just... I'm. Uh, it makes me sick. And now <laughs> so, that you can do, there's nothing of, to do with crime. I, you know, I've been thinking when crime was low. You, I you can take. do a lot of your hits on the Fox uh, News Channel, vis-a-vis the private studio you built in your own compound. That your is own correct. Bunker. That is correct. And think of all the workers who don't have to schlep into the city and go through that nuttiness through the killing fields of Penn Station because they can do their virtual work at home right. just as productively without having to sort of run through a maze in order to get to and from their job and stay in one piece. Something's got to give, right? I think that there's a mental health crisis in this city that has been unaddressed by the current administration. Hopefully Eric Adams will address it when he becomes mayor. He's got to do a better job. Anybody can do a better job than it's Comrade It's not going to be that hard to do a better job than Bill de Blasio. But I want um, to I want to actually conscript you. Yes. As a guardian angel oh, from Long Island. Do I get a beret? Uh, yes, you get How a beret. How about a satin jacket and with my name on it? satin jacket. It's going to say Chris. And a nickname. Christopher. Nickname Progressive. Aggressive. Aggressive. Progressive. Aggr- progressive. No, I'm the aggressive progressive, not the progressive. Well, that will help your vigilante credentials. <laughs> there you go. Aggressive pro- uh, progressive. Right. Your job will be to patrol the Long Island Railroad to and from no, I, I ain't taking the railroad, Curtis. <laughs> well, what are you, you going to do? Be at a Can I drive ball? my car from station to station? What are you going to do? Valet parking Put on Lennox? the beret. I mean, I, I, look, I'll make that beret work, man. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what with a little izod on it? Yeah, get me a little uh, kangaroo. What was it? Kango. Give me a kango. That's right, a little kango. Yeah. Give me a kango. Very stylish, a nice, in the stylish 70s. one. I mean, a little uh, red kango. They're still, still good. They're still good. Anyway, uh, uh, let's go to the phone calls because uh, quite a few yeah, people we've got, hanging we've on. We got them building up here. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Let me go to Rory in Newburgh. Rory. Hey, how Curtis, you doing? Uh, I don't know. Great. How's it going? It's going good. Listen, uh, I don't know if it's just because it's too early, but the, this disinformation, uh, in two, January of 2019, unemployment was at 3.6% with 5.8 million people unemployed. And on the eve of Joe Biden's inauguration, there were 398,000 COVID deaths. And that was with a year of no vaccine, no mask, no social distancing. So I don't know if it's just because he's an attorney, but that's not the truth. Well, you're the second person to bring this up. You're right about the COVID deaths. I have re- retracted my stage. Good, statement. good. That's I've good. looked it looked it up. I was good. wrong. Constructive criticism. Okay, I'll did take work it. On I, you. It did work, but you're wrong about unemployment. So sorry. Oh, unemployment totally has continued to drop. Totally not wrong. Rory, uh, let me flip the script on you. They just had talking about crime going up all over the place. Newburgh, which I call the Camden on the Hudson River, right. 
just had about eight shootings along Broadway. Oh, my. It's a small city. Is there a Guardian Angels patrol going up there in Newburgh? We used to be in Orange County there in Newburgh. No more. And No, our members moved away. They did. It was that bad. couldn't take it. It was, uh, it was too rough for the Angels. They moved out. That's amazing. Newburgh. They're like, let's go work in Camden. No. It's easier. They, where did they go? North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee. Unbelievable. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Joe in New Jersey. Joe. Yeah, hi. I, I think all this that we are living through, it, it shows that um, the Democrats, the liberals, they have this one mentality, and Americans have a totally different mentality. So liberals believe they're still kind of, they're still children, and the president or the government is their daddy, and he has to take care of them every step of the way, and he's responsible for everything, a tornado, um, a, a whatever virus. It's his fault if, if somebody died from cancer. And that syndrome goes a little deeper even. So you realize all the majority of these you know, people that like you know, children, you know, the pedophile people, they're like liberal Biden Democrats. Because- All right. I, I got to drop this guy. Uh, I'm I'm a progressive Biden Democrat, and I am tired of hearing people say that Democrats are pedophiles. Now, I was just watching Fox News right now. It's on in here. There's Jim Jordan. He's on. Jim Jordan was a wrestling coach at Ohio State. His wrestlers were being sexually assaulted by another member of the coaching staff. They went to Jim Jordan with that information. He ignored it. There have been multiple... The Dennis Hastert, Speaker of the House, Republican Speaker of the House, was actually a pedophile. And a wrestling coach. And a wrestling coach. What is it with them and wrestling coaches? I, I never liked wrestling <laughs> yeah, that way. I liked the old WWF yeah, with Bruno yeah, Sammartino. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never liked collegiate. I don't get it. NCAA wrestling. And so, So somebody calls up here, you know, first of all, we, we could have had a conversation about the role of government. If you want to have a conversation about, you know, what liberals and conservatives well, think about the go- role I'll of government, you. I'll have that conversation. I'll ask you because. But stop uh, with the, the pedophilia nonsense. It's ridiculous. If there's a pedophilia anywhere near me and I found out about that person, they would be wearing the shackles immediately. I would not protect them under any circumstance. That's good to know. That, that, that's good to know. I, right. I, but Jim Jordan's still in Congress. I, I don't understand that at all. Without wearing Matt a jacket. Matt Gates, by the way, is accused right now, credibly, <laughs> of transporting underage girls hey, look, across state lines for sexual purposes. Great balls yeah, of but fire. No, but Democrats Jerry are Lewis. the pedophiles. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, question here. Go ahead. Very pertinent to our discussion. Is that the New York Times, your Bible in some instances, you were using some of their recipes yesterday to take care of your family and friends in pre- preparation of your turkey. They had a huge piece uh, done, a lot of uh, investigation through Pew Research that said the conservatives tend to be happier, more settled with themselves because they support the status quo, whereas liberals like yourself uh, more bent out of shape, so that makes them angrier, more of a curmudgeon, you know, with a uh, frown that's always upside down. And, and so uh, you find that to be true. Because no. You seem to exhibit some of those tendencies no. right here on WBC. I'm not frowning. I'm happy. Uh, no, look, I think people need to lighten up both sides, particularly I feel on the right because people are burning down. You know, I don't, I don't remember when, when Hillary Clinton lost, a lot of people were upset about it. 
But I don't remember them storming the Capitol dressed up like Vikings and trying to overthrow the government and hang the vice president. I, I don't recall that happening when Hillary Clinton lost the presidency to Donald Trump after winning the popular vote across the country. Well, she didn't have a vice president yet. <laughs> right. But I don't recall them trying to kill the current vice president, who, who was a Democrat. It was Joe Biden, actually, at the time. I, I don't recall Democrats trying to overthrow the government. So I, I read these articles about how uh, de- Democrats are angry or conservatives are not. Uh, no. Conservatives are clearly angry right now. I feel the problem is people put too much stock into politics. O- over the last five years of Trump, and even now, People are living too much, thinking too much about politics all the time. And if their side's not winning, they don't even know why. They're angry about it. For example, I I think a lot of Trump voters support a lot of the policies that Democrats purport to support. But they're mad that the Democrats won. It's tribalism. we got to stop treating politics like it's a sports competition. It's not. If that's the case, Chris, you might be unemployed, at least at Fox News Channel. Yeah, well, I'm not talking about me. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, you know, well, this is my job. I understand. But by, that. Way, I, by the way, when I'm done talking about politics, yes, like when I leave here today, yes. I'm not going to be listening to politics on the way home. Really? No, not even a little bit. What are you listening to? I'm the fan, sports talk radio. I'm going to listen to the fan. I'm going to listen to some some music, or I might listen to another DJ that uh, you know. I don't know if I'm allowed to say on terrestrial radio. No, of course so, you can. So, uh, Howard Stern. Oh, okay. Right. So it is. It is what it is. I, you know, people need to to. Let it go. Get your news. Yeah, but look, let it go. Look, look Enjoy at your a, life. Look at a person like Howard Stern, who I've known over the years, always struck me as a libertarian. He is a libertarian but in a lot of ways. But now he's like hardcore Democrat. No, he's not. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. He didn't like Trump. Just because you didn't like Trump doesn't make you hardcore anything. No, no, no. It, it means you're a rational American. I know, but it, if that, you like Trump, there's something wrong. You with mentioned you. like a lot of the hosts. Tribal. Here. He used to like to be independent and autonomous. Don't put me in any box. He says that now. But that's not true. It is true. You're not listening. I mean, look at you. Clearly, don't look at what he said about Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers lied to his teammates: get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated, but don't lie about it. Yeah, but who came up with the vaccine? Donald Trump. Yeah. He hates Donald well, Trump. Well, like I said, I would call it the Trump vaccine if it would get these boneheads to take. it. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Call he it would. the Trump. The Trump. Go get your Trump shot. Go get it. Go get Trumped. Okay, if that's if that's what you need. If that's what the little babies need to get vaccinated, even though they've been vaccinated their whole life for other things, go get your Trump shot. He got it. He doesn't want to tell you he got it because he's weak. And he feels if he tells you he got it, no, and you he, don't want to get it. He did. He yeah, but did. he doesn't when like When he the, was in Alabama, he got booed. He doesn't, Remember like, when he tell, he doesn't people. like talking about it because he's worried about that boo. one 800 wabc All right, now, now, as you promote the vaccine, and rightfully so. Yes, I do. I promote the vaccine. But I'm not as hardcore as you because I recognize there are people who, A, either for medical reasons can't have it, religious yeah. reasons can't have it, or, God forbid, they just don't trust I'm trying government. to figure out what religious reason there is for not having it. That's a ridiculous need excuse. I Need I give you volumes of information no, about different religions? No, there is no religious reason not to get vaccinated. No legitimate religion. You don't, the Pope said go get vaccinated. Again, the Pew Research study published in the New York Times right. suggested that only about 40% of liberals actually consider themselves men and women of faith. I don't think you fit in that 40 percentile. I am a man of faith. I don't go to church yeah, per I se. See. So the Pew Research study was correct. Here's my think on God, okay? I yeah. believe in God. I believe he, is the, he or she or it is the creator of the universe. 
But how would somebody that powerful that could create all this stuff, could create an orange, how could we, mere mortals, understand what that is? So I'm going to listen to somebody 3,000 years ago who thought the world was flat and tell me how that is? No. Sorry. I don't believe them. All right. So <laughs> let's uh, speed it up from 3,000 years ago from right. the time of Galileo uh, and Copernicus. 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 Are you Polish? <laughs> no, I'm not. So what would you know about Copernicus? I- I've read. Yeah, that's all you knew. You didn't <laughs> even know he was Polish, did you? Yeah. All right. He was Eastern European. All right. But let's go to the World Health Organization now. They're having a hush-hush-mush-mush emergency meeting here. Definitely going to talk about it. In which apparently they are going to be suggesting again for the worldwide community, not just for Europe, which is having the biggest problem with the renewal uh, of the coronavirus, the new strain. But they want vaxxed individuals to still wear their masks and socially distance. Hmm. Going to be a problem, and we're going to talk about that. On the other side, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, in for Bernie and Sid. I'm going to go right to the phones. Let me go to Susan in Brooklyn. Susan. Hey, you know, you're talking about Europe. There, The passport in Europe um, also includes uh, people that had COVID and have the antibodies. Now, here, we just deny this truth of the Fauci uh, fab team. Uh, and the, C- uh, the CDC already con- says the people that are vaccinated, they recommend that everyone wear masks in public places. It's on the uh, signs of, of any retail store. It's not just people. So, you know what? You're just trying to vilify people who don't need the vaccination because we had COVID, which is natural immunity, is better for it even is effective against the variants because we have all the spike proteins, which the vaccine only has one. I don't know how you know that, frankly. And I think that we have better data on the vaccine. And I think that's why people well, should get vaccinated. Maybe she listens to Joe Rogan also. I, I guess Joe Rogan knows but, better but than But I will doctors. tell you this. One thing I do know, the European Union is planning now on a nine-month expiration date on its vaccine passports. Uh, now, they don't mandate uh, boosters yet. Not yet. So you know what it's going to mean, even though if you had the two shots of Pfizer or Moderna or the one shot of Johnson & Johnson, you're going to have to get the boosters next in order to maintain your vaccine passport. I'm getting passport. my booster on Monday. You will? You I am. Yeah, I have an appointment. I'm getting it done. Can you take the shot in your tuchus? <laughs> you know, in your dupa? I know a lot of these callers would like to get me to have Damn a shot right. in my tuchus. That's no, right. I'm getting it in my arm. Well, let's uh, see if there are any other vax callers one 800 848 Let me go to Joe and West Bab. Joe, how you doing? Hey, happy thanks, post-Thanksgiving, you guys. Um, you know, I just wanted to comment, Curtis, you say that you're seeing these vaccination passports, these fake ones everywhere, and it just struck me like... These are the same people of law and order who are just totally cool with making up these fake passports to to violate the laws. And also, I want to end with a response to a caller before who said uh, that the left is like not American. I'm so tired of these cult 45ers trying to take patriotism. I served in the Marine Corps. I'm as American as anybody else is. And I'm as liberal and as progressive as the day is long. That's what I called to say, guys. Now, when you said Colt 45s, were you referring to the old baseball team with Rusty Staub on it originally down in Houston? 
at least those guys had some kind of thing worthwhile. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your call, Joe. one 800 848 Look at the vaccine password. Yep. Hold on a second. Let me get it. You getting yours out? I get mine, right? Because, you know, Look it's in you. my trusty. That's like a George Costanza wallet. Exactly. Remember that, that episode of Seinfeld? everything in it. Right, It's right. a friend. <laughs> Look at how easy this is to knock off. Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. So you would think if we're stressing the importance of having a vaccine passport, that they would create a system that isn't just so easy. This is like a library card. I have the Excelsior Pass on my phone. I have the New York State vaccine passport. Oh. I don't have to carry around that little piece of paper. Aren't you upscale? Look at that. There it is. Little barcode on it. It's good. No, I understand. But you would think that if they're that serious about it, knowing how many knockoffs there are. And in fact, the guy who was your mentor, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer. Yes, sir. Had a press conference. What? Like he has every Sunday. And I think uh, most times he discusses nothing. But he did have a press conference about two months ago talking about all the knockoffs yeah. that were being flown in here. And they haven't done anything about it. I don't know why anybody would have to fly them in. You print them on your computer at home. Who's flying them in? It's actually cheaper when you fly them in, believe it's it or not. It's cheaper to fly them in? How yes, could that possible? From a third world country. It <laughs> yeah, it's cheaper than ink. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me talk to Katrina in New Jersey. Katrina. Hi. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Curtis. Um, happy post-Thanksgiving. Um, just wanted to say, Chris, I don't know you too well, but Bernie, uh, but uh, Curtis, I know you from the time of the Bernie Getz times in New York, and thank you so much for your services and everything you've done since that time. Um, just wanted to touch base on this vaccine with um, people uh, wanting to take it and not wanting to take it, and again, it's everybody's choice, but my husband and I are on the platform of not taking it. And the reason being, and I do have a letter from um, a um, monastery, and a lot of uh, were Orthodox, were Greek Orthodox, and uh, as it states in the letter, it uh, they do not allow its clergy or laity to take any coronavirus vaccines that are currently produced anywhere in the world because of these pharma companies that do not that do so produce these vaccines are in some way currently making the use of fetal abortion cell lines. And um, again, it's, it's a choice. People are forgetting that word choice. Um, Chris, I don't know your health status, but I'm a type two diabetic. Um, I take metformin and other medications for it. So if I turn around and say to somebody, well, I'm going to give you metformin just in case you become diabetic. Uh, it doesn't make sense. If and when, and God forbid I don't, catch coronavirus, they do have the uh, monoclonal antibodies. My mother had that same issue in Florida. She is in her late 70s, beginning 80s, and she ended up in the hospital for COPD, ended up getting coronavirus uh, in the hospital, and she ended up with the monoclonal antibodies, and within hours she was fine. So I'm not understanding what the whole hype of these vaccines and people rushing to the lines, I, like I, like I, I, in the line to, to go take something that really well, stop and could, think before Kat, you do. Katarina, thank you for your call, by the way. It was very well-spoken and not rude at all, and we could agree to disagree. But she agreed with Aaron Rodgers. The mRNA vaccines do not contra- contain any uh, fetal stem cells, which is what 
one of the religious exemptions, or the Johnson and Johnson one does. Um, and I don't understand how people are all on board with the monoclonal antibodies, but the vaccine, which would prevent it, which is free and cheap, they're not. I, I don't get it. Now, there's a new vaccine experimental that's out, written up in the Boston Globe, which could affect people like myself and people in my age category, because you're a young whippersnapper. Although people in your age category are beginning to get it more and more. They are. Alzheimer's. A vaccine to prevent Alzheimer's. Let's do it. You want to bet how many people will take that? They'll line up, and they won't care what's in it. Because they have everybody who has everybody. Look, I have my my mother in law. Unfortunately, is 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 suffering from that, and it's horrible. Oh, dementia, Alzheimer's. It is the the not spoken about secret that exists in our country. It affects all people. Yeah, equal opportunity yeah. offender, poor, rich, middle class. Doesn't matter who you are. They get shoved into these long term care centers, usually on the third or the fourth floor at Sue Black Doors. I've been in these areas because I've had relatives who've had it, and it's like they just wheel them out every day, wheel them back. It's almost like they're in a vegetized yeah, state. Yeah, it's horrible. And we're not dealing with it. Nobody talks about it. It's not a focus. It's not a priority. But they are developing, and hopefully their success, this vaccine for Alzheimer's. And I have a feeling that people 55-plus will not be resisting taking this vaccine because it is no. it is beginning to gobble up large groups uh, of our population. It's a horrible thing, and let's see people stand up to that and not take it. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa, in for Bernie and Sid. I'm going to go back to the phones. Let me go to Rich on Long Island. Rich? Yes, hello, guys. Happy day after Thanksgiving. I just wanted to tune in or pipe in on um, on the COVID uh, natural immunity issue. Yeah. And some... Uh, the thing is that uh, there was a study in Israel that conferred um, or confirmed that natural immunity was 27 times more effective than the vaccine. This was confirmed also by the uh, Cleveland Clinic, which is over 100 years old here in the States. And uh, then also uh, the University of Washington did a study that confirmed that. And the thing is, more disconcerting than all of that is that the CDC isn't even monitoring natural immunity effects because when i went to get my um immunization they only ask if you had it within 30 to 90 days just so that you don't overload you know you don't get a, a bad response they don't ask if you ever had it they really don't care you know it's a very political thing look, look didn't pfizer come out like a week after the election knowing that that would have could have possibly altered the results it's a political issue so i don't disagree that it's a political issue and that's the unfortunate part of this. Everything he said is unconfirmed. I, I I don't recall any study that said natural immunity is as good and as effective as the vaccine. Maybe it is for a short time. We don't really know yet. The vaccine has been tested in a controlled academic study situation. But the FDA, the controlling entity, has told... Um individuals who, through a Freedom of Information Act, scientists who actually wanted the information from the FDA about the studies involving the vaccines to prove to the naysayers, the ones who aren't sure about the vaccine, that in fact it's safe and secure. So they went, filed a Freedom of Information Act, and then the FDA responded, well, that'll take us 55 years in order to be able to give you that material. Yeah, that's wrong. I know you did your show on that Sunday night. But you see, that feeds the concept that if you're in doubt, 
Why would they take 55 years to release that It could be something to do with the patent on it, but I don't like that. And especially since the government's paid for this. We own it. Well, we not only it. that, they could outsource it to law firms that would collect that information lickety-split and make it available for the general public. Yeah, redact what is proprietary and make it available. Yeah, it's, well, it's they nonsense. could hire my wife to do that. She's an e-attorney. That's what corporations hire her and others who are e-attorneys all the time, to go through volumes, volumes of paperwork in order to source out that kind of information. That's why I stopped practicing law. <laughs> Why, Here, take the seven thousand page document and find th- these three words in it. Boy, you have to have the patience of a saint. I had no patience. I am not a she saint. She goes to mounds and mounds, piles and piles. But the but the point I want to address that he just brought up yes. was why is this political? Well, example. Florida. Disney World. Everybody loves Disney World. I never did, but most people do. And if they don't love Disney World, their kids make them love Disney World. So they all, all bring slept, our kids there. Right. They all slept down there. Uh, so Disney World ordered all of its employees. You have to be vaccinated, masked up, social distancing, the whole nine yards. Private business, right? I mean, the economic engine for Orange County, for uh, Orlando. And then DeSantis jumps in and he goes, oh, no, I'm undoing that. It is illegal for the employers to require all the workers to get the shot. Nobody should lose their job due to the heavy-handed COVID mandates. And he curtailed the mask and vaccine mandates. Comrade DeSantis telling a private business what to do. And then he's going to call me a socialist. Just, just for the record. I want to point that out. Walt Disney can determine what Walt Disney wants to do above and beyond whatever the standard is for Florida or the nation. If they want to make a stronger safety record for themselves, they should be able to do that. They're a private company. I mean, I thought we're all capitalists around here. I don't don't get it. And remember, what DeSantis has also said is that you must include in your evaluation of your employees whether they've had the virus and recovered from it and develop the antibodies, because there are people out there who even have had the vaccines who are always getting tested for their antibodies. Ron DeSantis is playing games with people's health. It's a political game. It's pure politics. And that's what this guy was just talking about, this call we just had. There's too much politics here. 30 years ago, we would not be having this conversation. We would have said, okay, here's what the CDC suggests we do, and we would do it. Well, 30 years ago, we wouldn't have access to information so that we can research it on our own. We can't you know really that. research it on our own because we don't have the ability to understand what the research well, says. Well, when the FDA... Like this guy who just called gave me all sorts of statistics that I were not true. That, but <laughs> look at here, Chris. When the FDA, the ruling government agency, uh, to a, uh, a request for information, uh, says, no, no, it's going to take us 55 years to get that information to you. To a group of scientists who actually want to use that information yeah. to go out to the, the ones who are concerned about the vaccine to prove to them I, there's nothing to worry I about. I think, again, the U.S. government paid for this. No, US we paid for this. We, the people. That's yeah, right. right. Government paid for nothing. We paid we for paid it. We paid for it. It's our information. Give it to us. Now. Period. And you I don't wanna, even care about the proprietary. And you In fact, it shouldn't care. have any proprietary needs. This is a, a, a public health crisis that the federal government invested Billions of dollars in solving. Donald Trump invested. 
Congress is gotta held, give by, him, gotta Congress give is him held by Democrats. I understand, but got to give him credit. Congress is the one who gives the money out, not the president. He fast-tracked yeah, fast the okay, vaccine. I give him a little credit. You would actually again, name it the Trump again, vaccine if it meant more people would get the vaccine. Again, I'm not Deutsche Bank. I ain't giving that guy any credit for anything. Okay, He's just going to rob me like he did everybody else. Who's you were doing money. so well earlier in the program. You were a logical liberal. And now you won't even give credit where credit is due. I gave him some credit for it. You I would, give him a you little would bit. name it the Trump vaccine if it meant more people would take the vaccine. I'd call it. Go get your Trump. Go get your Trump. Okay, it's a little prick. Go yes. get your Trump. Yes, right. <laughs> it is exactly what it is, as um, opposed to what you are—a big prick. <laughs> it's a little prick. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a little prick, just like the former president. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Let me go to Chris on Long Island. Is it me? Your name calling from the yes. from the past or the future, Chris? How you doing? Um, listen, I'm just going to let you know that uh, I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016. Okay, I'm a libertarian, so I'm just letting you know where I'm coming from. But I will say, Chris, it's a little bit disingenuous on your part to say that the Democrats, wow, they totally accepted Donald Trump being elected. Wow. So first of all, they started out half of them didn't go to his inauguration. All right, and then. They had that crazy um, in Manhattan when Madonna's threatened to blow up the White House with all the pussy hat march or whatever. That was all in response to Trump being elected. Okay, so I'm just saying this as a libertarian. I sit back and I always accept the results of my elections. Okay, you guys then tried to impeach the guy twice. I'm just saying it was four years of just non-acceptance of the guy's presidency. And please, can you at least admit that that there was a non-acceptance? By the left of Donald Trump as being a legitimate president. Oh, we, 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 we didn't Pelosi accept crap. we didn't accept his politics, but we also didn't storm the Capitol while Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi were presiding over counting the votes for his election. They Nancy, Pelosi, they had- Nancy Pelosi didn't stop the count of the vote because Democrats were storming the Capitol. Give me a break. She would have had a heart attack if that happened. Come on, Joe Biden was the one counting the votes. I mean, I mean you're, talk, you're talking about people who are up there in years. Yeah, there were people who protested Donald Trump. Yes, there was well, the let Women's me go, March. Let me go to yes. what Chris originally said as being a card-carrying libertarian. I actually was at the Marriott Hotel in Times Square when presidential candidate Gary Johnson, former governor of New Mexico, and Welt, his running mate, vice president, formerly governor of Massachusetts, right. uh, came came out and spoke. And this is when their poll numbers were rising because people were very upset at that time with both Donald Trump and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Remember, Gary Johnson was beginning to soar. Yeah. And, and then he didn't were, know where Aleppo was. Right. And then <laughs> another location geographically. I think he was smoking too many ropes of dope. I'll never forget standing there at the Marriott Hotel with Nancy and all of a sudden holding up a big sign. <laughs> you know, free pot. Was Bernard Getz. Nice. Who was also there. It was the most eclectic group of people at this libertarian gathering. And actually, I felt Weld better handled the explanations of the situations than Gary Johnson did. Gary Johnson, I think, lost a few steps from the time he had been governor. He was yeah. really, really I met him. I met him sharp. when he was governor of, of Utah in the green room at Fox. Oh, you and mean he, New Mexico? New Mexico, right. that's right. Uh, when, he was, when he was governor. And he, he was, was very, very sharp, very smart. But this is had a lot of good ideas. When you smoke too much Maui Waui and Hindu Kush, <laughs> it affects you. Look at de Blasio. I don't know, man. I, 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 I know a lot of potheads. They're not all that bad. I know that. But he didn't know where Aleppo was. There was another location. And that's when he lost me. 
Yeah, I mean Aleppo. Who knows where Aleppo is, right? Just like, At that know, time, everybody seven knew o'clock it. in the morning. Was somebody's asking a question. Syria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Remember? Got don't it. you remember that famous moment when uh, you think Trump knew where Aleppo was? Yeah, because you think he knows where it is now? He parted ways. Remember, he parted ways with Pence at that time. When Pence said, oh, if we have to take on the Russians and whatever, we're going to do it. Force will meet force. And then Donald Trump said, no, we won't. Yeah. That's the one thing I liked about him. No, we he won't. wasn't really interested in getting into any more wars. <laughs> I don't like wars either. Oh, wait, that's two pluses <laughs> that's two you've things. given Trump. That's Hold two on things. a second. See, he is a logical liberal. He is willing to rename the vaccine the Trump vaccine. I'm going to say, everybody go get your little prick. Okay. There you go. Uh, if this will entice people not, to get that, the vaccine. Hopefully that's not getting bleeped. We're okay with that here. At My other stations would be okay. You, uh, you <laughs> acknowledge he was not a warmonger like some of our presidents. He was not a warmonger. He didn't no, appear to be. Two things. Anyway. Two things. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let me go to Kevin in Staten Island. Kevin. Yes, sir. Mr. Sliwa and your new partner, Chris. Hey, uh, Curtis, I'm the guy that called in your last show just before you got off the air, the one who saw you getting out of the cab when you came back out of the hospital, that Kevin, by the way. Now, now, wait a second. Did they send you the same cab that hit you to take you from the hospital? (laughs) By the way, Kevin. Hey, let's give him a freebie. Was this the the John Gotti thing? Right, so you saw me flying out the window after getting shot five times with hollow point bullets on June 19th of 1992. Yes, you were getting out of the cab, just getting back to the clubhouse. It was yes. Juneteenth? It yes, was Juneteenth. Anyway, um, now you got a I'm reason call- to take the day off. It's good. I'm calling in to talk about, you know what? They have not let us know everything about this shot. I don't know how far your station will let people go to talk about the deeper stuff about this shot going on. I have in front of me World Economic Forum, John Hopkins University, World Organization, their own site of how they have all of this pandemic stuff. Hey, Kevin, 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 can I ask you a question? What did you eat for breakfast? Oh, I had some nice Cheerios. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. let me just stop you right there. Do you know everything about every ingredient in that Cheerios box? Oh, yes, it's there if you want to look on the Yeah, yeah, okay, wait, 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 wait. Do you know what every single word in that description means? Do you know every single, you know know everything about it? It sure has been around forever. You don't know anything about it, Kevin. You don't know nothing. And I'm sure you're going to wash it down with a Diet Coke or something like that. You don't know what's in that. You don't know what's in Go have a hot dog, Kevin, and tell me what's in it. Wait a second. Uh, Weisenheimer, it's not an injectable. You don't inject hot dogs into yourself. You don't inject Cheerios into so yourself. What difference does it make? You don't know what's in it. Every reason, I gotta know what's in it. How about when you got the smallpox vaccine? Did you know what was in it? No, you didn't. Right? You just did it. Yeah, but and I'm sure if Kevin breaks his arm. When you got your smallpox vaccine, that was it. Yeah. One time, one time only. Yeah. What's with all these boosters it's now? It's a new. Thing. A new thing. You think, do you think we deserve a little bit of an explanation? We do. But don't tell me that Kevin from Staten Island is going to do his own research. Well, let me give you some uh, I don't information. Think a, I don't think he's a virologist. Let me give you some information that was broken on this uh, station in Staten Island uh, late last night at 9-11. Oh, Not boy. a very good time. I know. 
Uh, Rachel, the lovely wife of our own Frank Morano, delivered into the world Carmine William Morano, all 13 pounds of him, at Richmond County Hospital in a bathtub as she was aided and abetted in the process. Uh, it was a natural birth uh, with an OBGNY and a midwife who was brought in from Italy for the occasion. Congratulations, Frank Morano. Congratulations to you and your beautiful wife. Lovely. Nothing better you're ever going to do in your life. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. You can depend on us. Enable the 77 WABC Alexa skill at home. Download the 77 WABC mobile app on your phone. Don't miss a minute. Talk Radio 77 WABC. At Northwell, our mission is to provide every New Yorker with access to the best care which is why U.S. News and World Report ranked five of our hospitals among the best in the nation for delivering superior care in 31 specialties. From nationally ranked cardiac surgery and neurosciences to the best children's hospital in New York, we're raising health for every family, for every community, for you. Visit northwell.edu slash nation's best. Northwell. Raise health. Now, stay entertained and informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning on 77 WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Lewa in for Bernie and Sid today. And we'll be back on Sunday from 3 to 5, our regular slot, doing our regular show. Then I'll be on from uh, 9 at night to 1 in the morning. Although... I'll also then have to be doing Frank Morano from 1 to 5. Uh, they should just give you a... Are you going to just move in here? Why not? They're going to just change It's always broadcasting Curtis? Is exactly. That Look, yeah. when John Katsimatidis held a press conference here uh, upon my return on a Friday, about two Fridays ago... I remember. Uh, he did announce that he's coming back to his home away from home, WABC, which stood for Always Broadcasting Curtis. Well, you have more square footage in this studio than you do your apartment. That's true. So it's good. It's a little space. Now I just need a little sta- space for the kittens. Yeah. Can they bring a cat in here? Is that allowed under New York City hey, code? Gizmo. Gizmo, don't you remember? The I, little kitten that I, I brought to vote with me. I don't understand why they didn't let you let you were running for mayor Gizmo on the major is party platform. internationally famous now. She has her own Facebook page. All around the world, people actually wanted to demonstrate over the fact that the Board of Elections, corrupt and inefficient as it is in New York City, which is comprised of both Democrats and Republicans, would not let Gizmo in. The little four-week-old kitten. Amazing. To accompany me. For what should have been a quick situation to vote. You know, Curtis Lee with Fomea, and that's it. You Stand weren't voting on anything else, just yourself? Of course I was voting on everything else. Right. You were voting for Nancy Slee. What were you saying? Absolutely. <laughs> you were voting against She was her. running against Gail <laughs> Brew on the Upper West Side. You better believe it. Or I wouldn't have been able to come home. But they wouldn't allow Gizmo in. Now, they allowed other little doggies in and comfort animals, right? You should have said it was an emotional support, Pat, from that tragic cab incident you had. Or for the loss that was looming yeah. within the next Look, few hours. You know what's going to happen to me tonight? I need the emotional support of this kitten. <laughs> Gizmo. I'm about to get, you know, I, I, I just you spent know the year of my Gizmo life. Gizmo is Gizmo may be the most famous cat in the world is now. Is Gizmo more famous than you? Do you yes. Think? 
I think so. Yeah, too. made all the late night talk shows. Yeah, it did. Was on the BBC, the CBC. People were like very annoyed. That was like that. That should yes. have happened to you earlier in the campaign. Yep. Maybe you would have done. They better. were more annoyed. You might be mayor right now had you brought that cat right. out they, rather than the homeless guy they in the were commercial. More annoyed that Gizmo was denied the right to come into the polling location with me than me getting hit by that yellow yeah, cab. Of, of course, they were. They were worried about the cab. Yes, you damaged the cab. When Although you fell I on it. swear, Chris Hahn. When I got flung about six feet in the air right outside of Radio City Music Hall, I was running here to WABC to do that one-hour paid-for broadcast three days before the campaign from 12 to 1, that it was Bill de Blasio who was driving and it was Eric Adams in the back seat. I could have swore that they had that hack license, that hack medallion. Actually, uh, I got video of that. And it was Bloomberg. <laughs> Who no, knew he had no, a side? He never driving. tried. No, it's, no, it it's was his, him. Is it's driver Jeeves? Yeah, he Jeeves sent somebody driving. for you. <laughs> he sent somebody for you. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Let me go to Judith in Brooklyn. Judith, how you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. Nice to hear you. It's very exciting to hear passionate arguments and stuff. So let me add on to some brilliant stuff that other people spoke about. Um, that lady, the Greek lady, was fabulous. Susan was fabulous. Sorry to tell you guys, Chris, but Curtis, let me ask you a question. To me, I think it's all about the money because it would be all about our welfare and our well-being, medically speaking. How in the world is it that they allow illegal migrants now, like one and a half million, and Congress and the post office, they're all exempt. They don't have to take vaccines at all. I don't get that. Number two. The WHO. Do you remember the WHO? They lied through their teeth. They protected China and everything. That's a fact. That's not fiction. How could you trust them with anything that they say, guys? Tell me that. Well, you know, I'm trusting the CDC. I'm trusting my doctor who told me to get it. I I mean, this is the thing. I, I don't understand. Forget about the WHO, other than their great albums. They were fantastic. Forget about Dr. Fauci. If you don't like Dr. Fauci, forget about Biden. Forget about Trump. Go talk to your doctor like you would if you broke your arm. Go talk to your doctor. Now, now, wait a second. I did break my arm when I got hit by that cab. You know, there are competent doctors and they're completely incompetent doctors. Right. So there are people who will tell you, and you've probably heard this at the Tom Turkey table yesterday when you were about ready to uh, uh, fight over the uh, wishbone. You know, to see who is going to get good luck for the year. Oh, you got to use my doctor. My doctor's the best, right? Everybody said, my doctor. No, my doctor, Vinny Bombats. And I always say to them, uh, what is his specialty? Oh, cancer. Uh, How many patients has he had died recently? Oh, about a dozen. I say, you really think he's the best? You you think maybe the record ought to be a little better than that? A dozen patients recently died. No, he's the best. He has the best bedside manner. I said, I don't care about freaking bedside manner. Can he save lives? But who do you think they should be talking to about this? Should they be talking to me and you on the radio? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. A guy, a guy who became famous by making people eat bugs. Let's just be clear <laughs> how he became famous. Okay. Um, or should they go to the guy or the woman they've been talking to for the last, you know, for their entire life, who they trust with their health care? I got to tell you, this FDA decision to... Uh, Withhold information from the general public through a Freedom of Information Act does not buttress your argument. Like, why would they not release the information about uh, how the experiments went with the uh, various brands, the Moderna, the Pfizer, and the Johnson & Johnson, and what exactly is in the vaccines? I, I, again, I don't like that. 
and I'm all for the public having information. 55 years, they don't uh, want to have I'm, to turn I'm it I'm all over. about, look, especially since we paid for the information. Give it to me now. But and it's not going to last. Uh, I'm, we're going to find out what's on Roswell before we find out the ingredients in these vaccines. They keep saying we're going to find out about Roswell. I keep hearing that the UFO story. We should talk about that in the next hour. But it is it is ridiculous to me that they would withhold that information, especially given that there are you know a good fifteen twenty percent of Americans who are resistant yeah. because of these stupid conspiracy theories floating around about it, which we've been or, hearing from all day. Or forget the conspiracy theories; they just don't trust the government. Okay, well, go trust your doctor. I I get it. There's some other information that could come out, but there's a lot of information that is out. Go talk to your health care provider and ask that person if you should get vaccinated. Well, there is a problem because there are a lot of people who walk around, like in your field, you know, it's, oh, Chris Hahn Esquire. What the hell do you need to be called Esquire for? I don't know. But how I don't even know people, where that comes from. How many people out there remember when he was here on WABC, Dr. Savage? Yep. Who was actually, I think he was a nutritionist. Could have been hired by the Board of Education, the Department of Education, to manage a cafeteria in one of the public yeah, schools. Yeah, no, I get it. The doctor title, I mean, technically, lawyers are doctors. You really got to know, though, who your doctor is. Well, if you've been going to that person your whole life, when you have a cold, when you have the flu, when you hurt yourself. I know, but when you have three heads and you haven't figured out yet that this is not a good I, doctor. I, I'm sorry. If you have a relationship with your health care provider, that's the person you should be talking to. Well, that not depends on your Joe insurance Rogan. plan because you may be in the pool. I got it. But there is somebody who deals with your health. Talk to them first. All right, we got one more hour of Curtis and Kristen for Bernie and Sid. Stick around. one 800 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. right, you're back with Curtis and Chris in for Bernie and Sid. And we'll be back Sunday night. From, uh, what are we, 3 to 5? And, and then you're on the rest of the night. 9 after... to 1. <laughs> yeah. And then I think I'm Frank Morano from 1 to 5. God, I don't know how you do it. Hey, it, it's Curtis. And you're drinking tea. You're not even drinking coffee. No, tea. No, no, no. I just, uh, uh, coffee gives me a little agita. Little Is agita? agita? Yeah, Is a little agita? agita. You know what's giving a lot of people agita right now? Getting on a plane and seeing people getting into these crazy fights with flight attendants who are just trying to enforce the rules, keep keep your mask on, you know, show me your vaccine passport, that kind of stuff. And I, for one, am happy that the DOJ is going to start cracking down on some of these unruly passports. Yes, in fact, Attorney General Garland, at the beck and call of the President of the United States, President Joe Biden, who took that flight to Nantucket, and apparently there were some unruly federal officials on board there. <laughs> I'm sure. Because maybe on uh, Air Force One, they are denied alcohol like you are now on commercial flights ever since the lockdown and pandemic, which I think has led to some of the problems. Well, I think some of the problems, alcohol was enhancing some of those problems, which is why they took it away. Well, they drink before they get on the plane. But anyway, so A.G. Garland has decided he's not going to crack down any longer on parents going to school board meetings. It's not going to be using. Uh, uh, hold on a minute. Let me let me stop you right there. He wasn't cracking down on parents going to school board pe- meetings. He was cracking down on people who would go to school board meetings and threaten to kill school board members. That's very different. Yeah, but you have to understand the FBI originally stood for Forever Busting Italians. That was the acronym. Then Forever Busting Islamists. And then suddenly it was Forever Busting Parents. I mean, what happened? I mean, you know. You got you to right. come up with a better but he's, he's refocused. He's refocused. Right. So all of you folks who go on now the airline Now it's forever flight, busting imbeciles right. on planes right. 
who are making a fuss. That, very good. That's, you know, that's a better There you go. I'm giving you one for you. I'm trying to come up with the criticism. Good, good. Now you got it for later on tonight when you're on for 20 hours later. So let me give you the stats for the unruly and rowdy passengers so far. 5,500 situations have been reported to the TSA. 3,800 had to do with the fact that passengers either came on masked up but then decided, tough noogies, I'm taking my mask off. Make me put my mask back on. Make me. To the flight attendants. 300 were ginned up. And people were wondering, the flight attendants, where did you get the booze? Because we're not serving booze any longer on the flights ever since the lockdown and pandemic when they resumed the flights. And in addition, A.G. Garland is not only looking at very serious charges because they're federal charges, but he is instructing the TSA to once again begin self-defense courses for the flight attendants that will be led by Chuck Norris, the Texas Ranger, ninth-degree black belt, right, Taekwondo, who will be teaching the flight attendants, guys and gals, how to fight back against the unruly and rowdy passengers. <laughs> Look. You know the rules before you get on the plane. It's on you. It's not on me. You know, first of all, I'm all for alcohol being banned on flights. The last thing we need in a you know in a metal tube, thirty thousand feet in the air, is unruly people who are drunk and think they have all the muscle in the world to do whatever they want. I, I don't need that. Nobody needs that. Second, stop. These women and men who are flight attendants, they're just trying to do their job. Let them do their job. Yeah, but they hate them. They loathe them. They despise them because they tell them, put your diapers back on your mouth. We have too many babies in this country. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Okay, okay. If you want to do what you want to do when you want to do it, stay home. There are rules to behaving in polite society. And you're not allowed to yell like a maniac or fight physically. With people who are trying to get you safely from one place to another. Well, now, the TSA had predicted that 20 million passengers would be using airline flights in order to get to and from during this uh, renewal of the Thanksgiving Day season because we're no longer in the extreme lockdown and pandemic that we've been in for the past two years. 20 million passengers. So out of that, how many of you think we're going to be rowdy getting on that flight? First of all, with like five pieces of tourist luggage yeah. that they wanted to put in the overhang. Yeah. First of all, let's assign seats on all airlines. Let's start there. That would be a good thing. That would be a good place to start. Then we don't have to fight over which seat we're in. Uh, second, you know, make those overhead bins a little bigger for everybody. Can we just do that? That will that will calm people down too. So some of this is on the airlines. I'm not going to give them a complete pass. Uh, and third, make the seats a little bigger too. We, I don't want to be sitting, you know, on somebody's lap when I'm flying across. Plus, uh, I like the <laughs> fact that Attorney General Garland is now focused on the uh, attacks against the airlines and the uh, flight attendants, rather than uh, taking advantage of parents who are just exercising their first no, no, no. rights. Again, as I said, that is not what has happened. What has happened is people going out and following them to their cars and saying, "I know where you live." Now. They don't have a guardian angel escort. Maybe they should. Maybe we, maybe you need to start patrolling school board meetings, Curtis. Maybe that's the next stop for you. Okay. And if maybe if you were there, they wouldn't be threatening the lives of school board members. Well, Chris, Wait, Hunt, is the angel starting a chapter at the school boards across the country? 
<laughs> Please apply with Curtis Sliwa. Well, we have What's a, a franchise fee for, for Guardian Angels chapter? Can I start one? Or I no, pay? there is no fee. There's no fee. It's we based on buy, need. we got to buy satin as jackets. As long as though. you're ready to join and go through the training locally, yeah, you can have a Guardian Angel chapter. But let's go to the phone lines, Chris Sean, because you have quite a few oh people God, queued they, up. They are all over the place. one 800 one Let me go to Joe in Staten Island. Joe's up. Hey, how how you guys doing? Doing okay. Good, Curtis. I voted for you. Sorry you didn't make it. Joe, are you um, a Democrat or Republican? Uh, listen, you tell me what you you stand for, and then that's what I how I vote. No, no, I understand. I but but if you happen to have been a registered Democrat, you could have done me a solid by voting for me twice, three times. It would have counted. I, he would have had at least I, I vote three times. I am a registered Democrat, but I uh, voted for you, and uh, I'm voting Republican more and more. And I don't know how you could sit by Chris and not smack his teeth out because he's such a bitch. Oh, we get Woo. rid of him. I guess we're not allowed to say that unless we're talking about my pooches. Wow. Yeah. Man, he rained. Look, you may not want to go to Staten, Italy out there. I, I've dri- driven through it uh, just I'll last week. I you have. Out of Bridge Crossing, right last through week, Staten Island to the I went over the new Gothels Bridge oh, you did. just the other day. It's the new Gothels. Interesting looking bridge. You should actually take a tour of the three bridges there. Uh, including the number four bridge, the Verrazano, and give I, us your 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 take on the Verrazano, the Bayonne Bridge, uh, which they raised. I've gone over every bridge in Staten Island at some point in my life. I have gone over the bridges. No, you haven't gone over certain bridges, which is becoming a Republican, which is almost mandated out there. <laughs> That's a bridge too far for me. Let's I got I got seventy percent of the vote out there. Yeah, it's it's been only fourteen people voted, so I mean, great job. <laughs> well, it is only five percent of the population. Joe is one of them, and he's a foul mouth man. So, uh, all right, I tell you what, in a compromise with you, Chris. Chris, on, uh, we will get the Felsnap the soap or the Rokish laundry soap, depending on if you're a Jew or a Gentile, and wash out his mouth. I think he needs to have his mouth washed out. one 800 Let me go to David in Queens. David. Hey, uh, Curtis, just let you know that I voted for you. And uh, I just want to call out Chris for a second. Is that your name, Chris? That is me. Yeah, yeah. So, Chris, uh, I, you seem like a classic liberal on the left that just completely ignores the facts, especially when it comes to COVID-19 and probably everything else. Like you said that you said earlier that that natural immunity, there's no proof that it lasts longer than the vaccine. There was a study out of Israel, Cleveland Clinic and many other studies. And then you just say, oh, I don't know about those studies. Well, maybe look them up. You're misquoting those studies. I have read them. You have not. You have taken whatever Greg Kelly says at 2 o'clock to the bank. He hasn't read them either. one 800 it would have had to have been shekels and not money in the bank, right? Uh, I mean, jeez. Come on, Chris. You couldn't have read all these stuff. I've read some of them. I've read enough. I've read more than this guy. one 800 By the way, you started out so well. You were the logical liberal starting out the show. Can I tell you something? Nobody cares. I can be logical... 80% of the time, oh, you you voted Democrat. You worked for Chuck Schumer. I don't like you. Well, right? you that's see, you just that's, ruined that's, that's it there by talking right? about how you worked for Chuck Schumer. How many years uh, were six you an, years. an indentured six years. servant to six him? Six years working for Chuck Schumer. Uh, were you an advanced man for him, policy guy? I, mean, I was a policy you? guy for Chuck Schumer. God, so you are one of the reasons that our country is doing so poorly. We were doing great. We were doing great. one 9222 Let me go to John in Rockland County. This one should be better. 
Don't... Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? John, how you doing? Good, good, good. Hey, uh, Curtis, if I lived in the city, man, I would have voted for you, but unfortunately, I lived outside. Well, if you in Rockland County, if you were a Democrat, you could have voted for me two, three, four times. I'm telling you, people, if you you, you could have gotten me elected by just utilizing your Democratic easy pass, and I would have been the mayor. You had a voter passport. All right. Well, listen, Chris. A couple of things since um, since we we called you out on the six hundred thousand. I don't know if you would just. I already said I was or wrong you about lied. it. I don't know. But I can't believe anything going forward because I think you just did a soundbite. John, you know what time I woke up this morning? Do you know what time I had to wake up to get here by 5.30 to do this show? I woke up at 3.30. All right. I've been up since 5. All right. Well, I was already in Manhattan at 5, John, and I live in Long Island, way out east. (laughs) Let me finish what I'm saying. So the school board incidents is we have local police to take care of that. I don't need the FBI coming in where local police can take care of that. And you keep referencing January 6th, but you forget about the burning down of, of cities over the summer. I, 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 side, I didn't support that either, the by the way. I didn't support the burning down of cities by mobs over the summer. And I surely don't support people in crazy red hats and military garb and Viking helmets trying to take over our government. Endorsed the burning down of cities. No, no, they did not. It wasn't even going on when it was going on. No, John, John, no, they didn't. Now, I need to give you another litmus test to prove that you are a logical liberal. Uh, You, unlike some of your colleagues, uh, a small minority of them, are not supporting the smash and grab uh, looting sprees in California, are you? No, of course not. I'm just giving you a litmus test. I'm sorry. Democrats support law and order. Republicans don't. They only support law and order when they want to. You you got to be consistent. I, I don't understand how people are, are, are giving people a pass who killed a cop on January 6th. Oh, give them a pass. Oh, boys will be boys. Well, speaking of cops uh, and speaking of Democrats, uh, Mayor-elect Eric Adams has said uh, that he has a few choices for his potential police commissioner. One of them is mentioned is uh, a woman named Outlaw. What a name for police commissioner. Right. First off, you would have thought, hey, Eric, you know, that ain't going to go over. A woman with a name like Outlaw. It's a pretty sharp name. I right. like it. Uh, she originally was from Portland, Oregon, where she did a lousy job and then ended up getting the big job in Philadelphia, which has just had 500 murders, more murders than they have ever had before. And he is seriously thinking of bringing her in to run the NYPD. You saw Rodney Harrison uh, resign. He's retiring. Uh, he was the second in charge of the police department, right behind Dermot Shea. I never liked the guy. Uh, humongous ego. Never, never would even have a discussion with me. But I got to tell you, if you're going to go outside of the department and you're going to pick a woman like Outlaw with a name like that, who's just I, I'm not going to judge her by her name, Of a Curtis. city <laughs> with 500 murders? Philadelphia? Well, I, I don't need to tell you this. You've made many mistakes in your life. You learn from them, right? I mean, how many, you know, I'm hoping this marriage is going better than the other five. Chris, no, no, this is the keeper. This is the keeper. Right, and she's right, because you've learned from your mistakes. But come oh, on. You're going to get married again? You've been married three times. You're going to go on a national uh, tour to find your police commissioner, and the first one that's presented to you, because it's got to be an African-American, it's got to be a woman. That's the prerequisite. Uh, or his Ms. Outlaw. Miss Outlaw. Yeah, she was the police commissioner in Portland, Oregon, 
and Philadelphia that just had 500 murders? You think that disqualifies you? I think you learned from your mistake. Strike one, name outlaw. <laughs> strike two, being a police commissioner in Portland, Oregon. You're going to give her strike a strike three. for her name. It's yeah. not her fault our, our parents' name what was outlaw. What kind of a person who's a police commissioner would have a last <laughs> name Was she going to change outlaw? her name when she becomes a cop? Yes. I think it's a pretty cool name to have as a cop. Hi, I'm Officer Outlaw. You're wait, you're what? It's like a who's on first. Yeah. <laughs> Officer Outlaw. Maybe what? she'll have as her assistant police commissioner with a name like that, Hawk Newsom from Black Lives Matter in New York City. Oh, my Come God. On. Oh, my God. All right. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Curtis and Chris with you until 10. And then we'll be back on Sunday from 3 to 5 doing our regular left versus right conversation i'm gonna go right back to the phones uh let me go to carly in brooklyn carly how you doing yes hello how are you we're well good morning i'm a long time fan of yours curtis thank you so much for all of your service and love for the city we root it for you and hopefully maybe you can run it in the future but what i wanted to shout out about was your segment earlier about the penn station situation it is really out of control and we try to avoid it as much as possible. Sometimes I wonder if I'm in uh, New York City or uh, Guadalajara. And let me tell you, I am Hispanic American, so there's none of that with that statement. Well, I got to tell you, Carly, uh, you go into Penn Station and you're assuming you're going to be safe and secure because you have more police there than anywhere else in the five boroughs of the city of New York. You have the NYPD, then you have the MTA, uh, police, which are the state police. Uh, then you have the uh, Amtrak police because it is a federal building. Then you have the state troopers and you have the National Guard. And yet they have crime galore, people getting slashed, stabbed, killed, shot on a regular basis. It is a, a killing zone there in like a four-block radius around Penn Station. This most recent killing just last night, 8 o'clock. You know, a lot of people going up and down those escalators now, the new ones that Andrew Evil Ice Cuomo put in, right on 33rd and 7th. And again, it just goes on and on and on. No intervention whatsoever. Uh, and that's going to be to the detriment of Midtown Manhattan because people are not going to be coming back to work if they have to run through a phalanx of people wanting to slash you, stab you, or shoot you. Just not, they, they, they won't. What's the solution, though? Well, the solution is is that you make Jimmy Dolan, fellow resident of yours, I think he lives out there in Suffolk County, pays no property tax for Madison Square Garden, pay his fair share of property tax to use for the additional security necessary to patrol a four-square block area. But wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said that there are more police presence, National Guard, state troopers, MTA, federal police, all within that facility. They're all indoors. We need more? Outdoors. You need it outdoors. Outdoors. And how does that help the indoors? Well, because they have to work in tandem. And you have to make Jimmy Dolan responsible. Say, hey, you're making money. Hand over for And I think it would also be good if he sold the Knicks, too, while he was at it. And the Rangers. And the Rangers. And the Rockets at Radio City Music Hall. And everything he owns. Yeah. That guy. He is not his father. His father was a business genius. He is not him. You know, I agree with three people in New York City, all of whom are enemies of Jimmy Dolan. Right. One of them is me. The other was candidate at the time, Andrew Yang, who hated, loathed, despised Jimmy Dolan. And then remember, Max Rose, who took shots at Jimmy Dolan as a lifetime Nick fan, which he legitimately was. 
Uh, and that cost him in his congressional campaign because then Jimmy Dolan, out of spite, decided to give uh, whatever his limit was to uh, Nicole Maliotakis in that federal election yep. in which she beat, uh, she beat Max Rose. And actually, I'm number three because I'm a Nick fan. But I hate, I despise, I loathe Jimmy Dolan, who is the best friends of Andrew Evilites Cuomo. When Joe Pacoco, his leg breaker, uh, was uh, being tried for extortion, found guilty, doing time six years in federal prison. Jimmy Dolan gave him his job, a no-show job, as his vice president of community affairs. I know. I ran into I ran into him in the elevator yep. coming to WABC exactly. when I was guest hosting with you. A no-show job. <laughs> well, he was showing up. He was there. Yeah. To get his paycheck. <laughs> I don't know, man. It and he didn't like have you. to worry about it bouncing with Jimmy Dolan. No, definitely not. Uh, it, it is, it, something's got to give. Right. You can't have that kind of crime in the busiest transit hub in America. Well, not only that, but the people already have enough reasons not to come to work. Some of the major banking concerns have indicated that they don't want their employees to come to work, not just because of the crime problem uh, and the poor quality of life in the streets uh, surrounding their facilities, but because they're finding that their employees are happier. Yeah. Are not only Productive, but even more productive because now they're engaged more in their communities. They're spending their money in their communities. They're spending more time with their families. And they're it, sort of, they have a sense of relief because they're not having to spend two hours schlepping the work and two hours it, schlepping back. Look, the infrastructure around this city is a disgrace. It has been allowed over the last half century to fall apart. And it, the fact that it takes longer to get here from parts of Long Island and parts of Brooklyn and parts of New Jersey and upstate New York than it did 50 years ago is just a testament to a failure of how this infrastructure has been maintained, and it has to be fixed. one 800 Let me go to David in Red Bank. David. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, this is David. Can you hear me? We we can, David. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the infrastructure around Penn Station may be destroyed, but the infrastructure here at WABC is pretty darn good. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I just want to address Curtis a little bit. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Curtis for all the good work he does. I know it's tough subject a little bit, but I'm going to say something that Curtis you might not want it, but please hear me out. It's different from what everybody has said to you. I am one person who is so happy that you didn't win your election. Why? Because, Curtis, that is not for you. You have done so many great things that being elected into politics would damage all your reputation. Tell me one person that you know in politics that has everybody who likes him. No matter what you do, you're going to have love and hate. But on the radio, Curtis, you have done so many good things, and we love to hear you on radio. I drive with you, we do things with you, and we don't want you to be in politics. Now, David, let me ask you a quick question. What country are you from, David? I don't have to tell you, Curtis, but you did. Well, no, I want to make a point that when you came to America, were you as fluent in English as you are now? I'm from British uh, Virgin Islands. Right. And when you came here, you started listening to me, and your English became even better as a result well, of listening no to me on the radio. There's no way that his English was a result of listening to you on the radio, because his English is better than yours. 
So, and he grew up in British Virgin Islands. I think he said the British Virgin Islands. Yeah, that's which right next to the Epstein they, compound. You know, you know what the, the language is there, right? English. <laughs> David, thanks for your call. Right next to the Epstein compound. 1-800-848-9222. I agree. Politics is not for you. I mean, I think you've got to agree it's not for you. Why? Why do you say that? I, I don't know. But lovers and haters, you have people who hate you already. We of all, course. Right? We all have oh, people. And then people I mean, who try to kill people me. People shot at you. You know, cabs are running. Shot me, right. They shoot at you. They run you over with Stand their cabs. Like, oh, there's Curtis Slewa. Beat Boom. me down. Let's get him. So how I, much dirtier can politics I, I don't be than think life it, is? I don't been. think it would have made your life any different, frankly. In fact, it would have been better because you would have had Gracie Manchin for all those cats That's and sateen right. jackets. Oh, it would have been so much better. You I would mean, have all this space. And then we could have rescued the pit bulls in the shelters that get killed every 72 hours and put them in the front yard. You would have been living a life of luxury as mayor of Nina. You would have been busy, but you wouldn't have to worry about getting hit by a car or getting hit on. Hit, hit on. You'd have police protection 24 hours a day. Would you make them wear red band berets if you had taken over? No, I would have taken my red beret off. I said that publicly. It would have been crazy. All right, 1-800-848-9222, one 848 W-A-B-C. Curtis Lee with Chris Hahn with you till 10 a.m. Then we'll be back on Sunday, 3 to 5, doing a little talk there. I'm going to run over here from Fox. I'm going to try not to get hit <laughs> by a cab on the way over here, but I'll do my best. I will learn from your mistake, Mr. Sliwa, and try not to get hit by a car. Well, at the rate that subway crime is going, you would be uh, more potentially victimized in a subway situation than... With a yellow cab that decides to crash into your uh, uh, your posterior. Yeah, I don't think there's a, a train that goes from Sixth Avenue to Third Avenue uh, quickly. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Alice from Queens. You're on with Curtis and Chris. Okay. Hi. Thank you, Chris. You mentioned that Democrats respect law and order. What about all these defund the police mayors? I, I'm not a defund the police person, and most Democrats are not defund the police people. Joe Biden, our president, your president, my president, he came out immediately and said he does not support defunding the police. Neither does well, the new mayor. That's not working, his saying, uh, don't defund the police. And speaking of uh, law and order, there's a woman named Ashley Babbitt who was gunned down at the Capitol. Yeah, Ashley Babbitt was a terrorist who was trying to kill members of Congress. Now, I get it. Some other people you listen to might not believe that she was a terrorist, but she was told by law enforcement to stop. She did not, and she got shot, and she deserved it. But now, in California, where there have been this massive number of smash and drive-by snatchings uh, and all-out robberies, uh, some of the armed officers have told them to cease and desist, but they never shot them. Yeah, they weren't trying to kill anybody. They were stealing property. Ashley Babbitt was literally trying to get into the house floor through the door, which behind that door were members of Congress. What would have happened if they would have gotten through that door, if that crowd would have not been stopped by that gunshot, by the way? Uh, What do you hypothesize would have happened? I think they would have killed members of Congress. Really? Yeah, I do. I think that if that mob would have reached members of Congress on that day, they would have killed members of Congress. Wow. And what about the hangman's noose that was outside? Would you really think they were going to use that or was just a prop? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, people out there chanting, hang Mike Pence. I, you know, and, and the rhetoric that was being spewed from that stage at the ellipse before they marched over the Capitol mm-hmm. was very violent rhetoric. And the, that crowd responded to it.
violently. Well, Chris, uh, we'll, we'll, we won't know right. because your hypothesis is different than other folks here at WABC uh, who have a different yeah, hypothesis. Yeah, and, and I'm listening yours. to Alice say that I don't support law and order. And then she's trying to defend Ashley Babbitt. Was Ashley Babbitt defending, behaving uh, within the boundary of law and order? Was she respecting police that told her to stop? She was not. Now, suddenly you're very interested in property rights and trespassing and uh, disorderly con charges and stuff. The number one thing about that makes us an American yes. is we don't resolve our disputes through violence with each other. We might resolve our disputes with other countries violently. Now, hold on a second. But not internally. Our history of the United States is filled with violence of people resolving their disputes, going back to the Hatfields and McCoys through violence. But political disputes in this country are not settled with violence since the Civil War. Excuse me, Alexander Hamilton Uh, over uh, in uh, Weehawken. Civil War. With the vice president. It wasn't really a political dispute. It was a personal dispute oh, okay. between right. two men that, who that hated each other. I <laughs> yeah. They hated each other their whole lives, and they went across the river to Jersey. And do you know where? Because uh, everything is legal in New Jersey. Do you know Jersey. where Burr ended up? we we'll teach he, you a little history. He ended up on Long Island. Well, no, no. No, no. He may, may have. He was trying to gather money uh, for an army, uh, and he fled to Canada. But do you know where he ended up, where he died poor and penniless? Believe it or not, on Richmond Road in a flop house in Staten Island, right where the Bayonne Bridge is now, that hooks up Staten Island across the Kill Van Kell uh, to Bayonne, New Jersey. Sad. See, you learned something today. Yeah. You know who also sought sanctuary in Staten Island while we're at it? George Washington. No. Who? <laughs> the man who invented the chiclets. Do you know who invented the chiclets? I do not know who invented the chiclets. Have you ever crossed the border from the United States into Mexico? I have. All right. Not, you, but you, on a plane. Oh, so you haven't walked across no, any of the wa- bridges? never walked across. Uh, from El Paso uh, or from uh, San Diego to no, Tijuana? No, I have not, no. You will notice there are generally women, mothers with their children, selling little chiclets to the tourists coming over. And you have no idea who invented the chicken. And you want to know something funny? When I was young, when I was a teenager, and I would go to the drugstore to buy condoms, I would always buy chiclets when I bought condoms for some reason. Really? I don't know why. I never bought chiclets any other time. As you cover. But when I was going to buy condoms, I'd love to get a box of chiclets. As you cover. Every single time. Yeah, yeah. It was like you were nervous. I had very fresh breath, and it helped. <laughs> well, uh, remember the Alamo. I, I do remember the Alamo. Who is the most hated person uh, that was successful at the Alamo in killing all of those uh, uh, new, brand new Texans? General uh, Montezuma. Uh, Santa Ana. Santa Ana. Who yeah, ended up with a wooden leg. Yeah. Fled to Staten Island to seek sanctuary once again to try to raise money to put together an army and go back and take over Mexico as its emperor. I think they're going to get some money on Staten Island. And uh, <laughs> while he was there, in Staten should Island... To, should have fled to lower Manhattan. He, he, invented, he invented the chiclets. <laughs> you see? Santa Ana invented the chiclets? Yeah, you're learning something today. I I was not aware of that, Curtis. This is, see, you get the history of New York. This is the thing about... And New- one last... You're like a book. We'll make- you're like a you're like a book with bad grammar. The Trinity, the Troika, the Trifecta. In fact, a house still exists there in his name. Garibaldi, 
who united all of the various province, uh, the provinces of Italy into one state, one country. And there's a big monument to him yeah. in Italy. It looks Very like good. a typewriter. They call it the typewriter. I've been it. I've been there. But he sought sanctuary in Staten Island. They have a house in his name there where he raised the money to put together the army to unite Italy. The only guy who actually got the money he needed to fight his war yes. was the Italian yes. on Staten From Island. Staten Italy. Yeah. That's why we have Carmine Murano. Now being born. That's right. That was the news of the day, ladies and gentlemen. If you were a dollar short a day late at 9-11 last night, couldn't Rachel have waited like a few minutes after? She could have held it in, right? But delivered into the world was Carmen William Murano, the son of uh, our own Frank Murano, who is the host of The Other Side of Midnight, at Richmond County Hospital. A 13-pound baby. It's crazy. Carmine William Are we Murano. sure we're reading this correctly? Yes, yeah, I got all the details pounds? down here. And it was in combination to an OBGNY uh, and a midwife who had uh, Rachel actually laying out in a bathtub kind of facility because it was a 13-pound child yeah. that she brought into the world. So everything's going well with Rachel. Everything's going well. Well, with little Carmine William Morano, all 13 pounds of them. And the proud father, Frank, today with an umbrella right on the corner of Highland Boulevard. He's there right now in Seaview. is giving out to DeNoble crooked Italian cigars because he's so proud that he's a brand new father. And you'll be filling in for him Sunday after. Okay, let's look at your Sunday schedule for me. <laughs> you got you and I yes. from 3 to 5. Correct. Which, you know, at least I'll carry some of the water from yes, three to yeah, five. That's true. Not all of it. You, you do you do most of the work here. And then you're going from nine to one, your regular show. As the Curtis Slewa show, right? The Curtis Slewa show. Right, right. And then you're going to go from one to five. The other side of midnight. And are you doing the six o'clock hour, the, the five no. to six hour? No. no. Okay, so, you, so you're going to basically be on the radio the entire day. I think the secret to your new marriage is you work. All the time. You see her five, ten minutes a day, and you can handle being a normal human being. Well, I am a very difficult person Yeah, to live with. Yeah, I, well, you don't live. I, I get how you can live with a 300-square-foot apartment. You're never there. I mean, it's just, you never go. My role is to change the litter boxes. That's it. You go home, change the litter box, feed the cats, and leave. That's it. That's it. Change it. Get it's a, fresh, a great life. Get a fresh beret and a fresh satin jacket. jacket right? Change your T-shirt and you come back to get work. Get back out into the subways. <laughs> it's it's amazing to me how much time you put in on the air here. You think you'd be more famous. You think you'd be more famous? No, I'm infamous. <laughs> You're infamous. As a result of being on WABC, always broadcasting, <laughs> Curtis, I have become infamous. It's it's. It is, it is kind of, it is kind of funny for me. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's get a few eclectic calls in here. We've got a couple of eclectic people been holding on for a while. Let me go to Peter in Queens. Peter. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Yes, I just want you to know where I'm from. I'm, I've been a Democrat most of my life. And uh, since Hillary, I've changed my mind because uh, you talked about the... Uh, Insurrection in January 6th. That's because the Democrats are so sneaky with their, uh, what do they call that? The Russian dossier. They do it very, very sneakily. You never hear about it. And they cover it up very well, like they talked about with Clinton and with Obama and Biden. But that's all in the past. No one I, I, I'm going to need you to dissect this for me. He's, he's saying a lot of words. 
but I, I don't understand any of the things he's saying. I think he mentioned the steel dossier. You have to apologize for that now, don't you? No, I don't have to apologize for any of it. 90% of it has been proven true. And I believe, I believe there is a tape out there of Donald Trump hiring prostitutes to pee on a bed that Obama once slept in. They don't say they peed on him, by the way. This is what we keep getting confused about. We know I've met Donald Trump, as have you. Anybody who's been in New York long enough is going to run into him. It's like Billy Joel on Long Island. I know he's a germaphobe. I get that. The story is not that they peed on him. The story is that he paid them to pee on a bed that Obama once slept in. I believe it. And what would make you even think that that's what Donald Trump wanted at that time? Most of the other things that have been confirmed in that report, have most of the things that can be confirmed have been confirmed. But you do realize it's over, that whole Steele dossier thing. Who cares? He's gone. No, I understand. He's not running for president no, 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 I, I, I understand. He's a grifter. Well, uh, as of yesterday, he seemed to be hedging in favor of running for the presidency. I guess donations are down to his pack. <laughs> and he wants, you know, everybody's been talking about how he's not going to I would run. think you, Chris, you would want Donald Trump running for president. You would have him to kick around. I don't want him running for president because he could win. And I don't want that man anywhere now, near power the only, again. The only way he could win is if your guy, President Joe Biden, continues to do so poorly in office. Admiral McRaven. God, I don't know why you're bringing this guy's name up. I'm just telling you. Write it down, Curtis. Is there anyone actually promoting him for the presidency? Yeah. And they, they're going into the Me. states? I'm, I'm promoting They're starting the lineup. I, I'm potential on delegates. WABC here in New York. Uh, and when I first said this this morning, it was dark out, so we were being heard probably in Nevada. No, 36 states right. and parts of Canada. Right. I mean, it's daytime now, so the signal's not going as far, but it's still a pretty damn good signal. Could I mean, you explain, though, out of all the 20% Democrats, of the country's hearing us right all now. All the Democrats that ran the last time, many of them lusting for an opportunity to run again. Why, yeah. like pulling a rabbit out of a hat, do you mention this admiral as being the head of the Democratic ticket? Because he's the guy. They'll I have never go for a military guy. Never. They will. Never, never, never. They will. And what makes Just like you they said here this? in New York City, well, we're never going to go for a former cop. The most liberal city in America. We're never going to go for a formal, former cop, and now he's the mayor. So that's what you're banking this on. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be him or somebody like him. Wow. Yep. So what happened to Harris? Person of no consequence I, I, now? She'll be ambassador What happened to Buttigieg? 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 Buttigieg is a nice second choice. I like I like Pete Buttigieg. You really do? I do. I think he's an excellent spokesperson. Now, for is Frank Morano going to take the kind of paternity leave that Buttigieg took? What was he out of office for about two months? Hey, man, I just started here. I don't want to talk about policies. And I ain't having kids anytime <laughs> soon. You might be having kids. I mean, your wife is still still in that in that mode. To have. I got my kids. They're too old for me to take maternity leave. All right. one 800 Eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Chris Hahn, Curtis Sliwa, with you till ten o'clock. We'll be back on Sunday from three to five. Well, um, you know, Chris, you ought to have a tagline. Go ahead. You ought to be Chris Hahn. America is back. That should be your hashtag. <laughs> America is coming back. Right. Uh, it's Xerox <laughs> copy of what uh, President Joe Biden told Al well, Roker yesterday. Well, it is Black Friday today. Today, Black Friday, and. Do you anticipate people bum-rushing retail outlets like they have in the past? So I know that my daughters last night were saying they were going to go at 10 o'clock. Now, I passed out at 8, so I don't know if they went or not. Well, how much uh, how much uh, Jameson did you imbibe? I, did not, I don't drink at all. I don't want to be fat. 
Uh, so I don't drink. Uh, but I did eat a lot of turkey. And you know what that does? It tripped a thing. It knocks you right out. Wow. And, and I got up at 5.30 to do radio with you. And, I, you know, that runs you out. And then I ran five miles. And then I cooked and... So you, you know. had no plans of hitting the the mall or the outlets. I don't hit the mall. I'm not a mall guy. You know, I I I, I hit some of the local shops. You know, and I do my thing. Hmm. So, mm. so you're in, not anticipating a Bafo retail sales day. I have a feeling it's going to be a Bafo retail sales day. And why is and that? Because ra- I think people are pent up, and they want to come out, and they want to see other people, and they want to be places, and they've got some money to spend. I mean, it's very clear that Americans have more money in their pockets now than they did, you know, two, three years ago. Well, after all that unemployment and stimulus money. (laughs) Yeah, well, they got it. Let's go spend it. child credit money. They got it. Let's spend it. And you're going to see, I think, some big-time sales today. And we'll know Monday, Tuesday. Uh, Maybe we'll know Sunday by the time we're doing our show uh, how the sales went. And do you think that will at all affect the plummeting ratings that President Joe Biden has from various polling uh, operatives who have uh, published their findings of late? I think that by mid-next year, when inflation levels out and people see that the economy is moving in the right direction and hopefully COVID's under control, which that's a big hope, I, I think you'll see his numbers start to rise. And you've seen some movement in the positive direction in some of his polls already. And you will by then feel that the stain of his removal from Afghanistan, he will have passed it by. I don't think anybody's talking about that now. No, but but it lingers. Here's the thing. Nobody wanted to be in Afghanistan. Every president since Bush has campaigned on getting out of Afghanistan, and including Trump. And he did it. It was never going to be clean. It was never going to be easy. It was ugly. Uh, and mistakes were made. But you know what? It was a chaotic situation, and it was a war that needed to end it 15 years ago, and he ended it. And I think a lot of people are going to be happy that he ended it. Are you auditioning for a job in the re-election campaign of uh, – oh, no, oh, that's no, right. No. You're not promoting him for re-election. You're talking about Admiral Stockdale? No. Admiral McCraven. Admiral Remember McCraven. Remember the name. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna just I'm write gonna, it down. I'm gonna be thinking I don't about know, that. I know, I know your right arm is broken and you can't write, but write with I'm, your left hand. I'm really gonna be thinking about that one long get, get, and not hard. Get Nancy to write it down. Not, you. Not you know, I'm saying Chris was saying something about this Admiral guy, McRaven. Yeah, no, he he is he's gonna be the guy. You watch, you watch. <laughs> Mark my words. I, I've never seen somebody so obsessed about such an obscure person. Let me teach you something about punditry. On the national scene. Let me teach you something about punditry, my friend. Well, you're the guy who worked for Chuck Schumer for how many years? Uh, Six years. Well, that had to be torturous. No, it was great. The best six years of my life. I'd still be there if they paid you a decent wage. Well, wait a second. Why (laughs) was it so great? Because he's an awesome guy to work for. Takes your suggestions. He works hard. He really works hard. I mean, I know you're not a big fan of Chuck's, but he works hard. And he, he loves what he does. And he trusts his staff, and I, I enjoyed working for him. I got to work on a lot of issues that were important to me, and frankly, it was great. It was a long time ago. And uh, how did the uh, separation come about? I decided I wanted to make a living <laughs> and get married and have kids. <laughs> you know, and so would you have considered yourself when you were working for Chuck Schumer, uh, surf, indentured ser- servant? I mean, what? I, I considered myself an aide. But before, but you know, y- you're missing my point here, McCraven. I want to teach you a lesson about punditry. Sure, sure. So here's the thing about punditry. Three years from now, when the Democrats pick their nominee for president, 
If McCraven's the nominee, I am going to point to this tape mm. and talk all about it. Mm. If McCraven's not the nominee, nobody's going to remember. Have you had a conversation with this <laughs> Nobody's Admiral? No. Does he know what your noble intentions for he, him are? He has no knowledge of me talking about him, but he's my guy. Wow. That's I thought my you, guy. I right thought now. you were a political cognoscente. That you would be talking you, about... You mean a consigliere? Yes. <laughs> so I mean, you, think about it. Was that what you were trying to say after 20 hours on the radio? Well, actually, no, both. Uh, you're cognoscente when it comes to politics, I, right? I'm trying to figure out that word. Because you live it. Yeah, you live it. Uh, you've worked for Chuck Schumer, who is yep. the consummate politician. Yep. And yet, you're choosing a guy that most people don't know who hasn't even indicated that he's interested in running for political office. Never mind the top office in the nation, in the world, being president of the United States. I just think he's the right fit. He'll be the right guy at the right time. And you don't see any other any other possible persons to replace, in your mind, your eyes, your soul, your political well-being, uh, President Joe Biden? Uh, we'll see. Mayor Pete. Oh, Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I like Buttigieg. I like him. I like him. But not Pamela Harris. I, I don't think Kamala Harris is going to be the nominee. But she could be. She wouldn't be as bad why, as you why think. Why do you think she doesn't resonate with the American public? I think there's still uh, sexism and a little bit of racism, including within the, the nomination of a Democrat in this country. And I think that's why. Nothing to do with her personality. No, I think she's her great. Tackling, her her cackling. untimely laugh. Stop. Stop. I mean, come on. I, look, I think she was a great senator. I think she was good with her, good, I think she was good with a knife. I think she cut up some of those, you know, Trump officials that came before the Judiciary Committee, particularly A.G. Barr. And I think that she was good at what she did. And I, I you know, maybe she should have stayed in the Senate. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You're quite a Democrat. Biden has indicated he wants another four years. You know, Harris lusts to become the next president. Well, every of the vice United president States. does. Right. And yet you have eyes for none of them. Uh, you're promoting some guy I, who is like inconspicuous. Well, like, get, write it down, America. All right. How do we write, spell that? Write it Let's down. write it down. McCraven. Now. McCraven. Hey. You're, you have a I, craving for I've McCraven. Got a, I've, got a cra- I've got a hankering for a craven for McCraven. Wow. Curtis Lee, Chris Hahn, been a great four hours with you. Been a great eight hours the last two two days. Going to be back on Sunday, three to five, right here on WABC. Thanks for listening.